This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Last week, the 2021 Any nominations were announced, and we thought we'd take this week to chat a little bit about it, and a little bit about the nominations, and tell you uh, some of our favorites for uh, this year. And uh, you can kind of let us know in the chat whether or not uh, you agree, or what other uh, titles and what nominees we should kind of take a take a look at. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be our 2021 Any nomination spectacular here at the chaotic good cast episode number 114 hey everyone welcome to the chaotic good cast our weekly geeky roundtable i'm your host doug shoot and with me are my fellow casters ben higgins from core staff games I gotta do this because Barney's not with us. But uh, what kind of bear is the most condescending? A panda. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our geek of the north, Jason Hunt. I'm glad that Ben took the hit on that one because I was thinking <laughs> I might have to. So thank you for that, Ben. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for taking that bullet for the rest of us. <laughs> Somewhere uh, Barney's spitting his drink in his face. <laughs> uh, we're we're just a three man show tonight, uh, just uh, because evidently Barney and Amanda have other things they want to do besides hang out with us, like hang out with family and spend time and create memories and celebrate special occasions. I don't know. Just we're questioning their loyalties as we speak. That, that's basically what uh, what it is. But I will I will say that if you're listening to this podcast, we do not question your loyalty, and we appreciate it very much. <laughs> I will say that uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, feel free to uh, join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. You just search for Victory Condition Gaming. Uh, we greatly appreciate uh, having everyone that subscribes and follows and likes and all the things that, uh, that you do here on uh, YouTube. It's great, greatly appreciated. And, uh, yeah, we... we Love creating this content and uh, having you join us every week as we rant about different nerdy and geeky stuff, and usually it's gaming-related. Um, we're getting close to 3,400 subscribers, which is awesome. Ooh. So, you know, I think we're less than 10 away, so so make sure to hit that uh, that subscribe button. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, a little bell notification that'll let you know whenever we go live or load new content. We'd greatly appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to talk about the 2021 Any nominations. There's some great, uh, great products that were uh, up for awards this this year. Um, some of them actually were would have been in my top ten list of 2020 RPGs. I'll kind of give you a little bit about a little bit of uh, inside information on that uh, because I didn't do a top ten list this year because I, I kind of started working in the industry, so I kind of felt like it wasn't. Kind of appropriate for me to do a top ten list. That might why, change. Why are why are all of these top ten games from the same company that? that <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I kind of felt what a little is bad. This? Yeah, I, I, so I I greatly appreciate everyone that uh, follows and, and likes and, and all that stuff for uh, the RPG content. Um, I try to be as unbiased as possible, but top ten list there, there's, you know, I, unless it has to do with Transformers or Ninja Turtles. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, and the bias goes right in there. <laughs> but I, I will uh, I will tell folks uh, as we talk about some of these games where they probably would have ranked in my top 10, uh, just because some of them are games that we featured on the show and some I've talked about at some length. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're also going to do new at the store. So, Ben, let's get to that first segment. New at the store. Never, never gets old. Never nope. gets good either. So that's also true. Also true. <laughs> uh, before we dive into the first, uh, the first new new at the store, I we talked about this last week. We got it in. I need to show this thing off because it is huge. <laughs> oh, that's the, the adult, adult white dragon. That we talked about the size right? of this, his head. <laughs> this is the the dragon itself is the size of my head. The box is ridiculously big. Uh, so when I was saying that this thing was was huge, I, I wasn't lying. You know, I, I I will show you the money and I will tell you the truth. But uh, first up this week, uh, we've got the new uh, kind of expansion book for Age of Sigmar role playing, the Soulbound game from Crucible Seven and Games Workshop. This is Champions of Order. This is, uh, it introduces a ton of new character creation rules, as well as an entire new faction that you can play within the game, the Lumineth Realm Lords. Uh, but yeah, there's tons of new content in here for your characters. There's new archetypes uh, within the faction. There's new archetypes for the existing uh, sub-factions, the Anvils of Heldenhammer, the Stormcast, the Ironwood Glade of the Sylvaneth, Daughters of Cain for the, the, uh, the, the witch elves uh new talents miracles for you to customize your character with uh over 150 of those uh new spells this book is a must if you are playing soulbound and you really want to get some character creation uh and just push it up to 11 this book is ridiculously chock full of options and uh it's really cool to see the, the soulbound game grow in this regard and really really get a lot of chewy uh, content for it because so much of Age of Sigmar is lore. Uh, it really feels that way. If you're not playing the minis game, like there's a ton of lore in the minis game, uh, and the role play game is no different. So getting all of these different rules for everything that you can read about and experience through the lore uh, is is really really cool to see this come out. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I I haven't really dived into Soulbound. And given it too much of a look, it's fairly popular here locally. Uh, but uh, but this book might actually get me to kind of look through it. I didn't realize just how much information they're throwing at you through these books. What's the page count on it, Ben? Uh, let me see if I can find that. I don't actually physically have it with me. so Oops, Sorry. Because it's, um, it's new at the store this week. It's new at the store this week. So, it, see, it shows up when we go live on our audio podcast. That's why I do this. I actually don't have a, a page count on okay. here. Um, yeah, 144, actually. There we go. Found it's a good size. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a decent size book. Yep. yep. You know, considering it's a supplement and and not a not a core book, uh, definitely, definitely a, a good size bit there. So lots of lots of different options coming through. Um, nice. I I know I've I've got a couple of friends that are playing this and they they love it. Uh, they really like the setting more than anything else, I think. And uh, Crucible Seven's done a wonderful job bringing this to life through this system. So. Yeah, they do good, good quality books. They, they're, uh, you know, 
I, I can't uh, can't knock them for for their for their RPG books. Yeah, they've actually uh, they're going to show up a little bit later in the in the Innies talk. So, you know, yes. little little keep an eye on that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've never played this RPG. If I'm gonna if I'm being honest, yeah. uh, so uh, I wouldn't mind playing it. It would be fun. Although yeah. I don't know really, I don't know a whole lot about the the whole IP. It's like a wildly different version of what you think fantasy might be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, which is pretty yeah. much always kind of been Warhammer fantasy. Honestly, um, they've always been a little, I don't know, off the beaten path. I guess is the best word for it for their for their fantasy role playing. But it's it's always been a great game. Like I, I had the, I want to say second edition of fantasy way back in the old days and. It was just ridiculous fun. Nice. Nice. Cool, cool. All right, Ben, what else you got for us uh, this week? So next up we have the uh, mystery, the return of the Mystery Booster Convention Edition. Uh, this is a Magic the Gathering product, and a lot, you may be like, Convention Edition? Why am I talking about this at New at the Store? Uh, the, the, the reason is very simple. These Convention Edition boosters were produced on mass by wizards to use at conventions but what didn't happen last year i mean we all know what didn't happen last year conventions <laughs> so uh wizards has decided to release uh a certain allocation of this product to local stores it should be showing up either this week or next week at your local store um, they were guaranteed an allocation from wizards it was kind of dependent on their their engaged player base and everything so bigger stores will get more than, than smaller stores uh, but they're for the stores to to do with uh, what they want. They can either sell them as individual packs or they can run events for them. And running events, um, whether through the store or if you buy some packs and take them home with your friends and, and play, that's the way to experience this product. A lot of people uh, have heard of what they call chaos drafts, where everyone takes you know random assortments of boosters, shuffles them up in a bag, and you pull them out, and you draft sets that really aren't meant to be drafted together. And a lot of people really like that format. Well, this takes that idea and just distills it down to its purest form. There are over uh, 1,670 cards in this set that can appear wow. throughout these uh, throughout these packs. Uh, there's everything from uh, older cards uh, all the way to stuff from you know the you know the past two or three years. And in addition to that, uh, there are 121. Uh, cards that are something completely off the wall. And these are the R&D playtest cards. These are cards that maybe will be coming down the pipeline. They're basically playtest versions of cards that they said, let's put them into this set as they are now in playtest and just see what happens in this random thing. They've got this really like, uh, you know, gimmicky art style where it's just a looks like a sticker slapped over another magic card, but it's all printed right on the card. And yeah, there there are things that do really weird things, like an enchantment aura that enchants two creatures off a single spell, or uh, you know, uh, and all these little test cards that that Wizards is playing around with. Some of these cards may see a final version. Uh, some of these cards may never. So it's it's just a way to really wacky up uh, your black border magic drafting ability. And uh, it's it's very cool to see that these come to a store. Uh, I give I give Wizards of the Coast a lot of guff for a lot of their practices. 
but releasing a good chunk of their convention product to local stores uh, and and allowing us to use it as a way to start to get people back into seats where it's safe to do so or generate sales where you're unable to host these drafts. It's a pretty classy move. So credit where credit is due. Uh, thank you, Watsi, for this product and being able to have something really cool and unique to offer uh, our local players. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Now, so these are cards that, I, I, of course, I don't know the, the magic, like the tournament scene or whatever the competitive scene is. Like, are these going to be legal or are these just kind of like you can just play them in with this set or how is this So any of the normal cards are fully legal in whatever formats that they are currently legal in. This doesn't change any tournament legality or anything. The R&D right. cards are really just a novelty. They're okay. only playable in this uh, format, or if uh, you know you've got a very um, uh, welcoming and an open commander group. I've seen people play them in their commander games before, and uh, some of them are are you know very nostalgic or very interesting in those regards. Uh, so a few of them can fetch a pretty penny because they are they're they're some of the rare cards out there. As I said, you know you're there's only 121 of uh, different ones out there, and uh, they don't necessarily show up in every in every booster. So, from what I understand, so Very this cool. is my absolute favorite format to draft in. Not necessarily the chaos draft, but just random pack drafting, where you get like three or four packs, and you mm -hmm. have to make a deck out of that, and then you play against everybody. I yeah. It's, I love that format because it brings so much more character to every person playing. Like sometimes you get a crappy hand and sometimes you get a crappy deck and you make the best of it, yep. you know? And sometimes you get a really cool idea. Like I've played like five or six of these over, over like in the last, I don't know, probably like six years, honestly, because my local game store closed. But um, when I went to, I used to go to there all the time and play these versions because so many new mechanics came out of this locally for our own meta at, at at store level that never would have emerged. And like two weeks down the road, you'd see people saying, "Hey, remember that we did that that crazy draft? Yeah, this is what I got out of it." And not, then everybody suddenly is like, "Oh my god, this is such a killer combo <laughs> kind of thing." It's just way more fun than just standard. Yeah, when you start mixing sets like that honestly shouldn't be drafted together yeah. for different cards you find these yep. you you find these interactions that are just they're fun yeah. like they, it, it's just you got something clicks that light bulb goes off and yeah. all of a sudden magic is that game that it was way back in in 1993 1994 yep. it's no longer this streamlined tournament juggernaut you're just having fun with cards that yeah. may not be the most optimal, yep. but sometimes something really neat happens. So, yeah. Why do I have Maybe. a dragon and a goblin and a zombie on the table at the same time? Yeah. Because that's what I drew. <laughs> yeah. So if you are, if, if, if you're not a big magic player, but you've played, you kind of know how, uh, and you want to recapture a little bit of that fun, maybe a little bit of that nostalgia from just learning the game and your early days in it, these mystery booster drafts will be a fantastic way to do that. Yeah, it puts people yeah, on a much more even footing too. Yeah, like, very true. Experienced very true. people and people who are just new have just as good a chance. Like the experienced player is going to maybe be thinking of mechanics behind the scenes, but even them, they're like if they've only had twenty minutes with this deck, they don't know. Right, and neither do. Yeah. You. 
And like your normal your normal draft format has a card pool of you know 250 270 cards. This is over 1500. Like you're not going to be able to plan on getting a certain uncommon or anything yeah. to make your deck work in pack three. Like you're just getting what you get and and making that work. So yeah. very cool, very cool. That's uh, that's all you got for us this week, Ben. That's what we got this week. Absolutely. Sounds like a pretty cool week. And uh, yeah. We'll remind folks to uh, pick up your white, adult white dragons. Definitely, they're <laughs> giant. I mean, pick and not as heavy as they look. Because <laughs> Ben, ben needs some Ben needs some spell, some shelf space. I do need some. They're, yeah. they're, cur they're currently sitting on 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 one of my feature tables, um, and I hope <laughs> I don't have to find shelf space for them <laughs> because they won't fit on my shelves. <laughs> All right, that's going to get us to our feature presentation, which is the 2021 Any Nominations. And now, our feature presentation. It's it's so good. It makes it me is. happy. It reminds you know, me of my childhood. Yeah, that, I was just about to say <laughs> that. That reminds me of my youth so much. Yeah, it does. And in some ways, I hate it. In other ways, I'm like, oh. I mean, that's why I chose it because it's totally something that, like, I remember sitting in front of the TV and and, and seeing. So, do we, when I was do, young. do we have to rewind this podcast at the end though? That's, you have to in order when you know. when you return it. We you do have to okay. When we return it, it yeah. I gotta rewind it. Yeah, because, actually, yeah, exactly. Do you guys have a tape rewinder? We didn't. I actually had, no. I had a tape rewinder. <laughs> so I was, really? I was, yeah. It was just all it was was just a giant motor. You popped it in and it just spun the whole tape backwards. Wow. So. Yeah. So yes, uh, last week the uh, Ennies were announced, and if, if folks aren't familiar with the Enny uh, Awards, they are basically, I kind of equate them to like the Academy Awards for uh, tabletop RPGs. Uh, they are uh, awards given out every year to various categories. Uh, usually, it, uh, you know, uh, quite a few, you kind of learn about uh, some, some games that maybe you haven't heard of. Uh, that have some really popular followings that may, or maybe they just have some really great uh, production values and and uh, rule sets that uh, you know folks are fans of. And all of a sudden, you get this massive influx of of popularity for certain games. And that kind of happens uh, every year. Uh, some some games always, you know, some popular games do win, uh, but uh, you don't really see a whole lot of uh, it's it's probably more for the indie rpg market than it is for uh like the wizards of the coast paizo that type of crowd um but not to say that they don't they don't uh, put themselves up for, for you know that they don't get nominated but it's it seems to be kind of uh for that uh, audience and that that part of the demo that demographic of the uh, tabletop industry guys what what say we just go through each each uh uh category Kind of tell folks what what the nominees are, and just give our thoughts, and maybe we even like give our opinions as to who we think would probably win that category if you, if you want. And sure. um, yeah, let's. Is that, does that sound good to everyone? Works for me. Uh, yeah. Also, I'll, I'll let everyone know in uh, in the comments uh, if you're joining us and you're watching live. Feel free to uh, if you're a fan of any of these games that we mentioned, feel free to uh, let us know in the comments, and we'll be glad to. Uh, uh, highlight your name or your comment uh, so then that way you know because we we like to know what uh, what games maybe we we haven't uh, talked about that or that we don't know all that well that uh, you know that, that maybe do have fans out there all right let's uh, let me share my screen 
Uh, so all the audio podcast listeners will be missing out on this part of it, <laughs> but that's okay. So let's start out with the judges spotlight winners. These have already, as I understand, these have already been like selected one by yeah. each of the judges. So these yeah, these are already like up there on the cream of the crap. Right. These these have already gotten an award. Um, so and I think each judge gets an gets an individual award to give out. Yeah. Um, so Amelia, it's just their opportunity to showcase something themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, uh, Amelia Ant- Antrim. Uh, they put out uh, they they uh, awarded anyone can wear a mask by just by Jeff Stormer. Has anybody played this game? I uh, I have not. Yeah, I know I know Jeff Stormer does put uh, write RPGs. So I, I'm, this is one I'll probably look into a little bit more just because uh, of the name behind it. And uh, anyone can wear the mask. So it's... I. I'd be curious to know if it has anything to do since these are all 2020 releases. Anything that has a mask in the title, you kind of go, "Is this like <laughs> a play on current events, or what, what's going on here?" So I click, clicking through and looking at it, it looks like it's a, a, a like an R, RPG superhero zine kind of style. It's okay. downloadable. You can get it for 15 bucks uh, direct from from Jeff Stormer's website. And and yeah, it's got a uh, it's it's like it's like an upscale zine. Uh, it, it's got that kind of smaller feel to it, but it's got a, a fair amount of polish to it overall. So I, I will remind folks as well that if you would like to take a look at the, any nominations, even as we're watching them live, as even as we're we're talking about them live, you can go to any uh, anyawards.com, and uh, that that will bring you uh, to this page that, that uh, we've brought up on screen. And, and uh, then you can also click through the links and kind of uh, get a little bit more information about uh, these games that we play. Uh, D, which is another another judge, uh, nominate or awarded this their spotlight uh, award to Righteous Blood, Ruthless Blades, Wuxia Roleplaying by Osprey, Gra- Osprey Games, uh, designed by Brendan Davis and Jeremy Bai. This one I have actually looked at. Have you looked at it? Yeah, um, I have. I haven't picked it up, but I did actually look at it. It's um, it's very um, like they call it. I, can't, I don't even know how to pronounce the word properly, but uh, Wuzia um, is is the kind of the style, Wuzia? and it's is very. Was... Sorry. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I wasn't sure how to pronounce that. Um, honestly, Alan, if he was listening, could probably pronounce it perfectly because he loves this style of. Um, but it is very um, stylized martial arts sort of thing, you know, like think of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, movies like that where there's lots of wire fighting, lots of dramatic flips and flo- uh, flips and twists and turns and that kind of thing. Um, it's a great way to represent that because they don't get bogged down in mechanics in this. It's just a 10-sided dice uh, pool mechanic. So oh, nice. you roll once and you're done. There's no, there's no endless mm-hmm. tables. There's no ridiculous math to be done. It's just it's all about the story, which is probably the best way to do um, this sort this sort of role playing, like it, to represent the genre properly. Anyway, definitely because it's not about the stats; it's about the it's almost like the heart behind it. Yep, I, I totally agree. 
Um, and, and Osprey makes great games. Uh, like, again, another company that puts out really decent books. And, and uh, this is a nice hardcover. Uh, looks fairly inexpensive. They have it on their website for $24.50. Of course, it looks like it's on sale at the moment. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've picked up some some great RPGs from, from Osprey. And I will yeah, Osprey's a good publisher. Probably add this to uh, to my list of games to pick up from them. Uh, let's see here. Salim Hakima. Uh, they gave their award to Abracadabra, a guide to becoming a magical games master. This uh, this this is uh, according uh, according to the the website from the Grinning Frog. This is an art book that educates. Uh, so yeah, it's got a ton of ton of fantasy art in it, and it gives you lots of little bite-sized prompts for, you know, how to how to run a game in fantasy. And and it's it's system agnostic, so it can really work with with anything. Uh, it's a it's a large landscape format, so it's designed to be an art book almost first and foremost, which is really kind of cool. Um, I do like that blending of, of resource and, and showcase. Sure. So yeah, that's a uh, it's pretty cool. The, the thing about this, though, is that it's PDF only. So you, mm-hmm. you can only get the PDF. There's no physical book. And it's 35, what is it, pounds? Uh, yeah, 35 uh, sterling. Yeah, so that's a, that's a little cheap. It is a big PDF, though. It is 218 megabytes in size. It's 300 and some pages. 316 pages, yeah. 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 So... And there's a lot of illustrations on the on And it's page. designed uh, to be laid out uh, landscape, I believe, instead of portrait. So nice. it's like if you have a nice wide monitor, you're gonna you're gonna really appreciate the landscape settings and stuff like that. And it, that's what it's for. It's designed to inspire you to to fire your imagination to do something. Sure. Uh, let's see here. That's uh, Shauna Ratliff uh, gave their award to Altered Carbon, the role playing game by Renegade Game Studios. Um, and uh, yeah, this is one that uh, we've featured on the show before. We've had uh, uh, we've had an interview and, and when the Kickstarter was on, um, I haven't really heard too much about this game since it's released. If I'm being honest, um, I think the fact that maybe it's not on Netflix anymore and that the, the second season kind of wasn't as popular as the first, I think it kind of maybe deflated the sales a little bit. Yeah, yeah it kind of, kind of like didn't kind of <laughs> literally rise up. and figuratively it deflated the sales. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Funny, I'm sure the book is great. I, I have not. It is. It's beautiful. It. I've, I got a chance to flip through it. It is. Did you? Very gorgeous. Um, yeah. I, the problem is it came out right next to Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's, a, that's a problem. And, and and they are them them and Shadowrun are the benchmarks when it comes to that sort of, that era not that genre I guess of, of role playing. If you want your edgy you know street running cyber deck stuff like. You're looking at Shadowrun, you're looking at Cyberpunk, and then you might look at Altered Carbon. Yeah. So, as as beautiful as it is, and it's got got uh, Eriki Ishii on the cover, which is she's always amazing and stuff like that. Um, it's a beautiful book. It's worth picking up, even if you just use it for background. Yeah, it's it looks like a great book. I, I, oh yeah, sorry, uh, Patty's right. It's it's Cyberpunk Red that I was talking about. Twenty seventy seven is a video game. <laughs> um. Vanderbeast wanted to know. Uh, let's see here. Vanderbeast wanted to know if there was no print uh, on demand option for Abracadabra. There didn't seem to be. No. So I, I don't know if that's. Uh, 
I think it's not intended to be printed. Right. Probably because of the depth of color that would be required. Not to mention, printing a book in landscape format is a chore at mm-hmm. the best of times. Uh, and the final Judges Spotlight winner was uh, from James Serrano. Uh, that was uh, SLA Industries Second Edition Core Rulebook from Nightfall Games. Uh, this is another UK publisher. Uh, they, they're actually putting out uh, the Terminator RPG, which, of course, uh, uh, Andrew Gaska is writing. So uh, uh, they, they have another another popular book that will be out later this year, or maybe, maybe this year or next, beginning of next. Uh, I'm not quite sure where they're at right now with their with their progress but uh, yeah this is a book that uh, i know folks seem to be there seems to be a, a pretty active community behind it um I, th- I think it uses a d100 system I, I, I it's been a while it's a d10 <laughs> it's it's a it's a d10 rules-based system that's right i uh, know nothing about this game but that cover art makes the little halloween fan in me want to <laughs> go out and get want to go out and get this <laughs> So, it's a horror noir science fiction setting. Like, what more do you need? It's it's right. It's all right there. Um, yeah, uh, this is a game that uh, I, I think is pretty popular over there across the across the pond, and uh, I th- think since it is produced and, and written and, and published over there, I, I don't think it has very much you know, of, of uh, very much traction here in the States. So it's nice to see these types of, of games. Again, This is these are kind of games that maybe, you know, we have heard of, but we kind of get a, another chance to take a look at it a little bit harder just because they're, they're uh, given awards. So uh, SLA Industry Second Edition uh, is definitely one that I'll probably take a look at a little bit har- harder here uh, in the next few days or so. Cal says they're part of the Terminator Kickstarter. Yes. Oh, Cal is excellent. Excellent. Yeah, there was. Uh, they did all right on that Kickstarter. Now, for the, that's going to bring us to our second category, which is best adventure. This is basically just uh, adventures for RPGs that uh, were published in 2020. Uh, the first uh, adventure is this little-known adventure from this guy that we know called Andrew Gasco, which I just mentioned. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, from Freely Publishing, Alien RPG destroyer of worlds this is of course is a box set uh it is a really cool uh scenario book with a map and pregens and cards and yeah if you are if you love chariot of the gods then this adventure brings you right into the next uh, the next chapter drew has three of these planned these little cin- cinematic adventures that kind of all link together the next one is heart of, i think it's heart of darkness i think that's what uh, uh, we're yes. going to talk a yeah. little bit about it tomorrow on the Free League uh, YouTube channel. So uh, if you're interested in, in what's going to come next, uh, we're going to try to pry a little bit of information out of out of Drew uh, for, for that uh, tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Good but, luck. Uh, yeah. Bring the bamboo shoots. <laughs> I, I, Drew's pretty easy about, uh, you know, he loves to talk about what he's, what he's writing. In. So uh, hopefully we get at least a little bit of information from him. But, yeah, this is a great, uh, great pr- product, uh, typical alien adventure yeah, it's you know? gorgeous from front to back I, this this is how to play the alien rpg in my opinion the yeah. cinematic play uh whether you do your own or you use any of these uh, scenarios by by andrew um this is how to play alien you know play it run it get everyone killed do it again next week 
Like yep. it's that's, that's something alien. different next time. Yep. Yep. That's yep. alien. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. So yeah, no, no surprise that this got some accolade. Uh, looks like uh, Rodrigo says, uh, just check the website interested in this one, SLA. Oh, not SLA Industries. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the, I love, like, this is a part of the, like, I, I try to keep up to date on RPGs, like, throughout the whole year. <laughs> so, like, whenever a game pops up on these Ennies lists and I haven't heard about it, like, I love, like, kind of just finding something new that, or something maybe I, I heard of, but I kind of passed on. And now I'm taking a harder look at. Like, I just love this part of the the, the year for for any for the any awards. I, I mean, my my RPG shells always find a new game or two when the any's nominations come out, and and we go through and we talk about them. So, like, I'm I will add a few more to these, <laughs> these bookcases behind me uh, probably this week based upon these nominations. Nice, nice. Um, the next best adventure was Epic Counters Hall of the Orc King from Steamforge Games. This is like one of their minis box sets. Yeah. Uh, that the ones uh, that I talked about out. last week that I hated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this comes with a whole bunch of minis and a map and an adventure for. There 5D. it is. Or one this of them. Is, this isn't the exact one, but yeah, these are. They're these big are, boxes. Are cool. They're they are they're not as big as the adult white dragon, but they're they're. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're up there. Um, and I, I actually, I think this that was a smart move for Steamforge to do to to kind of go away from like okay, we're we're gonna kind of go away from the miniatures board game aspect and just kind of create adventures for for RPGs. I think that's smart, and uh, mm -hmm. I think you're gonna see maybe a few more companies do that. You know, going forward. Brilliant idea. Just hated the box art. I don't like that <laughs> font. <laughs> Other than that, great great stuff. <laughs> What? Uh, no, I'm just giving you a hard but time. they're epic. <laughs> they are. They can be epic and have a better font. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, the next uh, uh, next nomination for best adventure is Eyes Unclouded by the Secret Cat Shop. Uh, I have no idea what this is. This is oh, this is a Dungeon Masters Guild uh, product. So it's yep. it's a five E. Interesting. This is a it is basically an homage to Studio Ghibli. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. It's a really cool. cool idea. Uh, yeah, I I'm sure that it has uh, a lot of fans, and uh, if it can capture the storytelling of a Studio Ghibli movie, this is an epic piece right here. Huh? How many pages is it? Says, does it say how many pages? Uh, it is? 180 page PDF. Okay. That's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of authors. Tons of art. Very cool. Like, but like I said, if, like everybody who watches a Studio Ghibli movie is like, oh man, this story is so amazing. I love the I love the world. If you can capture that atmosphere in the supplement, it will do very well. Definitely, definitely. Well, that is interesting. I did not realize that that was a five E kind of hack for uh, that genre. Uh, the next best adventure nomination was uh, Old School Essentials. Old School Essentials, Halls of the Blood King from Azalted Funeral Press, uh, and that's written by our friend Diogo Naguerera. I, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I just say Diogo. I don't Diogo. even try. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just take a look at this. It's wall-to-wall -wall horror. If you want horror in your old school essentials, you are golden with this. Nice. nice. Yeah. 
looks looks good. The art art looks pretty cool. Oh, it's very. It's just like other old school essentials books. It's very retro art. It's very first or second edition, uh, first edition players handbook art style. You know the the over not I don't want to say over dramatic, but the very stylized art. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it does a lot of the um, the, the double page art as well. That uh, it almost kind of looks like. Uh... It's like Goodman Games kind of art. Very, yeah, almost. <laughs> very yeah. much. Yeah, very much yeah. in that vein. Yeah. 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 We want that. Uh, well, like it's right in the name, the old school essentials. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. and as with most things, old school essentials right now, by and large, very hard to get. Mm. The 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 groundswell of support for old school essentials has been absurd. Um, it's hard to get the core books even. Um, oh the few stores that did get Kickstarter backing for it that did bring in a few copies have basically had them robbed off their shelves. Like not, not literally, but you know, they go on the shelves and then they're off the shelves days a day later because everybody in town's heard about it. Hmm. It's become a big collector's piece in the community. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and then the last uh, nomination for best adventure is walking of Willoughby hall by swordfish islands. Uh, this, they make so many beautiful things. These people. Wow. I don't know what to, does it, is there a description here? Oh yeah, here it is. This is the walking of Will, uh, the waking, it's the waking, sorry, not the walking. The waking of Willoughby Hall is a dense, highly interactive RPG adventure set in a ruined manor, beset by a rampaging giant, roving bands of restless dead and a very angry goose. So it's like, what is it? Like Jack and the Big Beanstalk? Seems like, sort of. yeah. It's, it's, it's that sort of a fairy tale sort of adventure, yeah. It, is yeah. it for 5e? It looks like it no, for 5e. No, it's set no? up for Nave, actually. Oh, is it really? Yes. Interesting. Specifically for Nave. The um, the folks at Swordfish have to do some really interesting and very cool products. Their World Builders series is actually very nice. If you uh, if you just want like to be prompted through world creation for a setting, like if you're trying to make your own RPG world, they're the people to go see. Very cool. It's expensive though. Uh, not a cheap website. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so those are all the uh, the nominations for Best Adventure. If you were to take a guess, uh, gentlemen, what do, what do you think will probably walk away with the any uh, for Best Adventure? It's got to be Destroyer of Worlds. It's got to be. I'm going to kind of, rec- I'm going to <laughs> not say Destroyer of Worlds just because there's kind of feel like that's cheating a little bit with <laughs> what I do. Um Although uh, no, Destroy of Worlds is a very, uh, very cool uh, pro- uh, product. It's... Um, I'm going to tell you, if you like Alien, go buy it. Um, yeah. But I'm going to say... Hmm. <laughs> I might... I... You know what? I might go with Eyes Unclouded. Uh, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards as well, Doug. Like, Alien RPG Destroy Worlds is amazing production value in that box set is great production value is another category mm-hmm. that we're going to talk yes, about later that is true that is true just just based upon adventure alone i i think eyes unclouded being as unique as, as mm. it is um could really give it an edge uh on this field just because mm. it is so different than everything else i'm anybody that's watching do not tell drew that we did not pick his I'm going to pick his leg later, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I have to spend five days with him at DragonCon wait, in two weeks. Wait, so. Van de Beast is on Twitch, right? I think so. Y- yes. If you, Clip it. <laughs> clip you clip it, that. 
and and <laughs> keep it and show up tomorrow for that Jason. free league thing. <laughs> I have to spend five days with this guy in Atlanta, Georgia. I Georgia. live to get you in trouble, Doug. It's my yeah, job. No, no. I'm good at my job. <laughs> All right. That's going to bring us to our next category, which is best aid accessory digital. Uh, let's just go through. I'm, we, we probably won't go through them as hard, you know, as long as we did with the yeah. other uh, the, the other category. These ones are uh, pretty simple. Yeah. Dungeon from Stockholm Cartel and Occult uh, Ortmaster Games. Uh, described by finely crafted box text. Uh, Eigengrau. Eigengrau Essential Establishment <laughs> Generator by Reese Gray. Here Be Taverns, Sword and Source. Michael Gelfetti, Gelfi. Gelfi. RPG Ambience and Music by Michael Gelfi. Which do you think is going to win the best aid slash accessory digital i have an absurd love of morkborg so it has to be dungeon gen yeah dungeon gen is all um, all of the online resources for for morkborg if any of you folks in chat are are at the website right now just click on it it's literally the whole thing the whole thing is right there on your screen you don't have to click anything else it generates you a dungeon yeah (laughs) if you want to just sit down and just play a game with zero prep there you yeah, go. Click on that. you click on this and boom, here's your entire dungeon. You're like, you could literally run an entire RPG RP session just I, off this page. <laughs> I have a feeling that that is going to be the runaway winner for, for it, that category, which, like, which is, it's amazing because it's so simple. Yes. That's, that's why it is. That's why it's, that's so, good. Why it's so good. Like they didn't try to give it a ton of bells and whistles. It's just press a button, get a dungeon. And it's genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. Describe is fine because it does really cool box text. Like it, it lets you, it lets you make your, your box text blurbs. And the establishment generator literally will just generate you an establishment based on your on your parameters. And Here Be Taverns is, is, a, is an instant generator for a tavern. And ambience and music is pretty self-explanatory. But none of these are an entire thing done and ready to go except for Dungeon Gen. In, in a snap, just like yeah, mm-hmm. you literally you. And if you don't like that one that it generates, hit refresh. Yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> Which gives you a whole new one. Yeah, yep. it's a great product. It's uh, definitely, you know, the, it's one of the things that I love about uh, uh, about Morkborg is just that uh, there's some great, great, there's a great community. They're putting out great content. And did they, you see they, they finally put, got to 666 supplements and wanted to stop? Just because it was 666 supplements. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's awesome. <laughs> they put a thing out on their Twitter saying, we need to stop making these now. <laughs> and, and like they, they make these cool, like they're always thinking of like different ways to kind of build that. I, you know, the, the more work IP is probably what it, what it is now at this point and different cool ways. So yeah, that's, uh, that's very cool. Uh, let's go to best age accessory non-digital. The last character category was digital. This is non-digital. Uh, Adventures Tarot, the Express Deck by Weird Works LLC. Arium Create by Adept Icarus. City of Mist Character Portfolio Pack by Son of Oak Game Studio. Roll and Play, the Game Master's Fantasy Toolkit. Sentinel Comics. Oh, that was by Roll and Play Press, sorry. Uh, Sentinel Comics, the role-playing game GM kit. Kit by Greater Than Games. Gentlemen, what what do you think the best 
aid accessory non-digital is going to be for uh, um i would love it if uh will took it for rm yeah don't I, make me yeah. pick here <laughs> i i love so many of these uh the adventures tarot is a gorgeous tarot deck um, is it? it it's beautiful uh it absolutely beautiful um i own uh create uh i, I back I, that I, yeah. and 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 see it from here <laughs> and honestly re reading it does inspire you to create worlds um yeah I, the the city of mist i not really my game but it looks great huge um, huge community um, about that great uh, great novels those that's the one that's based off the novels right yeah yeah great novels um I, I I think I can eliminate the Sentinel comics. Um, yeah, just because it's 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 not. I, I it is a great value for what it is. It is really well done, but it's a GM's kit for for a single game. Yeah, and and I think these other things just lend themselves to so many other applications that they they are above that. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with RM. I'm gonna go with RM Create. Uh, I I love it. It's great. I will I will I'll shill for Will. So, <laughs> oh, we need that on a shirt. Shilling for Will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would love to see that. I, I have a feeling that the community like this is gonna be one of those things where I think the community is gonna probably dominate the the mm -hmm. award. So I I have a feeling that City of Mist character folio pack was will probably. Win I think so. Category just based on that alone, based on the court of popular, po or, yeah, yeah. popular, popular votes, because that's basically how the unis are sorted. I'm, I think City of Mist will likely take it. I would love to see RM Create take it. I, I would love to see him. I'd love and to see. Will yeah. would be hilarious to talk to immediately thereafter because he is so humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would literally fold up into a little tiny ball. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, that's a that's a, it's an interesting category and and it it'll is. be interesting to see who who wins. Mm -hmm. uh, the next category is best art for cover, and yeah, uh, this is a really tough category. Yeah, um, this is probably going to be the hardest category for me to pick, if not the hardest. Uh, best cover art. This is Cortex Prime, the handbook by Fandom Incorporated. Um, this is a. I, I have thoughts about this, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit later when we get to another another part of the nominations because Cortex is actually uh, nominated for a few awards. We've, we have we've been featured warned. On the, we've been yeah. warned there's a hot take coming. So. Th there is a hot take coming on 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 Cortex Prime, so just just be prepared. Um, because I have a feeling that, well, I, let's just, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. the second, there. the second nominee was Heart, the City Beneath. Uh, this is from Rowan Rook and Descartes. Uh, this is a really cool looking cover. Um, and it, uh, it takes Spire and goes under the City Beneath Spire. Yeah, which is, which is really very cool. cool. I actually, I backed this on Kickstarter actually. Yeah, I did as well. I have got uh, got the PDF of this, and I kind of am disappointed that I didn't pack the uh, physical copy. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful book. The the cover is really cool looking. So 
definitely uh, definitely check that out. Uh, the next one is Neverland, a fantasy RPG system. Uh, this I've looked at. The, the cover's kind of cool, but I don't know. I see where they were going, but it looks very much like one of those nostalgia covers you see in like Barnes and Noble for the old fairy tale books. Right. And that, uh, that's, which is that's, not bad. Yeah. And that's but, always the thing with this cover category is they're usually all so different and art is so subjective. Yeah. Like really they're is. all great for what they are. Which one do you. Would, yeah. Which, which style with? appeals yeah. to you? Yeah. Yeah. Like this is great. This is a great cover. This would sell well on a shelf it jumps out at you it makes you want to pick it up and look through it it's simple but uh, but loud in 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 the good way so yeah yeah it's got a really cool retro retro look plus it uh it sells the theme and the setting you mm-hmm. know it, when you look at it you know that that's what that game is about so i don't yeah it's it's interesting uh the spy game is the next uh, nominee from black cats gaming uh oh that's a cool cover I, I haven't seen this i've never heard of this game to be honest with you i have not either actually i was kind of curious to see it because i've i usually check out spy games so the spy game is an action and espion role play uh, espionage role-playing game built in the built using the fifth edition of the world's most famous program. so it's a 5e hack yeah it's 5e of hack, yeah. uh the spy game uh yeah it's a cool looking cover i don't think it's gonna get any traction though yeah I mean, spy, spy games are, are are niche in a market that's already super niche. Yeah, uh, the cover doesn't wow me as much as it, it should. It's it's it, very it's, for the, for the audio listeners like it's a it's almost like an anime ish kind of uh, noir mix up art style. Yeah, got, you know, yeah, repelling people, gunfire, window shattering. Like it, it, it sells its subtitle of the role playing game of action and espionage. Yes, but you know it. It's we've we've seen similar things before. It's not breaking any new ground. Exactly. And then the final nominee uh, is this is this game called Basin uh, you, Nordic Horror. You mean the winner, right? Not the final nominee from from <laughs> uh, fr- from Freely Publishing. Uh, this is if you haven't seen this book, it's. Uh, it's gorgeous. Nordic horror uh, role-playing in the mythic north, uh, northern Europe in the 19th century. Uh, it uses the Year Zero engine. Uh, it's illustrated by Johan Egerkrantz. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful look. Johan is a genius. He, did, he, does, he, does the art, he does all of the art from the art book, too. It's Super cool guy, too. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to... Not say Vason just because of the title. But, uh, He's so terrified of people saying you're biased. <laughs> it is a beautiful book, and the quality of the book is amazing. Yeah. Um, the so, production quality is—I mean, it's a free league product. The production quality is through the roof. They don't. And I, and I will say that. Yeah. If Doug won't. So. Um, I. I. Yeah. I will take that out of the equation for my pick. <laughs> I, I hope that it wins, but I'm not going to uh, say that. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be my pick because of the, that fact. Um, but uh, I'm going to probably pick Heart, 
the city beneath just because i think that's a cool game and uh i should probably play that on the show at some point just because i think it's we cool. did play spire already so we, we play can... spire yeah we did have a three-parter of spire that we played so wait we did, where we were the most fumbling group of goobers in that <laughs> game holy cow <laughs> look, look we, we literally couldn't find a clue if it picked up self off up off the floor and smacked ourselves in the face with it it the, was so uh, sad uh, I think it's funny that uh, some of the chat is calling me out and just telling me that I need to uh, <laughs> just, just, say just, it. just say it. <laughs> Rodrigo. Um, well, Rodrigo thinks Cortex Prime should take it. Yeah. Um, I, As much as I... Well, I think that the cover is good. I don't... I think I'm along the lines... Of, we've talked about, a little bit about this before we went live. I think that the book itself, the cover is, is great. I love the cover. I, I just like the design of heart better i just that's just my personal opinion like um, yeah like ben I, I, said it's subjective yeah <laughs> everyone likes different kinds of art it's hard it's art because everybody has a different yeah. opinion of art that's that's what it is from a from a retailer if i put all of these books on my shelf all with the cover facing out uh and i said what one am i going to pick up first uh neverland honestly because it's so different, because it, I know exactly what it is. I'm gonna pick that one up first. So, so yeah, Neverland's my pick for best cover. As simple really? and elegant as simple really? and elegant as it is, I, I, I clicked on them all and brought them up. And the thing that I said oh, I want to look more at was Neverland, and that means wow. it's an effective cover. You know what? You are you are right there. Of all of the ones that I looked at. The only I, I probably would have said that about Vason, but because I've already seen Vason, mm-hmm. Neverland did say, "Hey, I would I would flip through that." Mm-hmm. So, what's your pick, Jason? Oh, Vason, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's just it is. <laughs> I've um, Johan's style of art really appeals to me. That's the kind of art that I like. Whereas Ben loves to pick up the uh, the card art. Uh, and I've looked at that and wow, can I not afford that? But, um, I would, if I had a chance to pick up a print of, of Johan, <laughs> don't tell anybody else that <laughs> if I could pick up a print of Johan's work, I would happily pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, best art interior. He goes, the first nomination is Cortex prime game handbook. Um, and this has a long, huge list of the interior. It looks like somebody just mistakenly pasted all the artists from the latest magic, the gathering set. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like everybody else has like five people, six people in it. These guys have like 35. <laughs> yeah. I, which is cool for the game though, because it, every single piece of art you see is going to be different. And like we said, with art being so subjective, everyone's going to find a piece of art in this book that they like. And I'm and I'm going to tell you that, that my hot take will, will kind of dive into the the interior <laughs> art. I, I don't think I, as much as I love this book, I don't think it'll win interior art. To be honest with you. Uh, huh? No, I'm just going to tell you that I don't think so. Heart is the next uh, the next nominee. Of course, we talked about that. Uh, I don't remember what the interior art looks like. To be honest with you, I forget what I don't. Know well, if there's any uh, Felix oh, yeah, is the same is. person who did the interior, so it should probably look very much thematically okay. like the so, yeah, exterior. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Does look pretty pretty similar. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that that'll be pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. The next one is <laughs> Neverland, a fantasy RPG system. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> okay, that's kind of a neat style. 
Wow. Why'd you have to say it like that? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a neat style. dramatic pause. Style. <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it, but it... it... Are you are you a condescending bear, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Um, the old... Oh, what? What cartoon was it where they did like a... Um, they did like a montage, like um, a gap filler kind of thing. And they used like animated art, like that, sh- like the same style as that ship in the mm-hmm. one picture. Um, you know, just, it was, I can't remember what movie it was now. Shoot. But it is, it is, it's good art. There's nothing wrong okay. with it. Yeah. So, so this game was on sale during Amazon Prime days and I passed on it. And oh. now I'm, now I'm regretting it because now I'm looking regretting. at the interior art because I saw the, the, the cover and I'm just like, I don't know if I really would dig this game too much. Now that I'm digging into the inside of the book, I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty cool looking game. I, I want a copy of this now. Uh, yeah, I this might actually be my pick. I really dig this style. It, it, it It's extremely stylized and, and yeah. really cool. Um, it is not my pick. Even though it was my pick for cover, it is not my pick for interior. Wow. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go back to uh, the next nomination is Planet Apocalypse for Fifth Edition D and D from Peterson Games. Uh, if it's Peterson Games, you know it's going to probably have some really really great art. Uh, Planet Apocalypse. I don't know if we can. The weird thing is, the only thing you can see on the web page is the minis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't really see all the. Where is yep. the? Where is? You get, is there there's a... like. There's literally not even a single picture of the rule book on this page. Wow. Than, oh, I'm yeah. surprised. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It's that good they can't show you. Like, yeah, can't be shown on TV. I mean, more than likely I have, have some really good art. I just was kind of hoping to see what uh, what it was going to look like. Yeah. Uh, and then, give... then, the in, then the final nominee is, of course. You mean Jason the winner. <laughs> from Freely Publishing. Rhymes with Jason. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see, the art is. Uh, let's see, that's the cover for, uh, for yeah. Stranger Tales. Um, but you, yeah, it's freaking awesome. That's 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 my pick, hands down. The, yeah. the interior basin is. I there are so many strong pictures in the interior that I wonder why they weren't the cover. Like the cover of basin is very good. It yeah. does tell you about the game. But there's so much good I in know. the book. It is beautiful. Like I said, I would I would happily like I'm I'm sure they're probably expensive as heck, but I would happily buy prints of this guy's art. Uh, Carson will win high quality. This hungry Ewok says Carson will win high quality throughout the book. Winner. Let's see what the Carson. Who is Carson? I think he means Vason with it. Is he using, if he's, he might be using text to speech because Hungry's on his phone a lot. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. I think it's Vason with an Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> his text to speech said, I don't know what that word is, so we're going to call it Carson. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> supposed to be Vason. <laughs> okay. So I hope I hope Vason wins. But my pick, just my unbiased pick, is going to be Neverland because I think that does Like now that I'm digging into it, like. Probably after this uh, podcast, I'm gonna go try to find a copy of Neverland now because that looks pretty cool. And I love again. This is the reason why I love the Ennies. These are these are games that like I've I've, I've seen this game before, and I never really kind of dug into it until now. Uh, best cartography, Alien Destroyer of Worlds. 
from Christian Greneth and Andrew E.C. Gaska. Um, yeah. Uh, Old School Essentials, Halls of the Blood King, Exalted Funeral Press, Justine Jones, Towns and Taverns, Local Limited from Matt Henderson and Tam Henderson, Undying Sands, uh, Game Omnivorous, Kevin Cannon, and Warhammer Age of Sing Sigmar Soulbound, The Great Heart Map from Cubicle 7, Cubicle 7 Jared Blando. Uh, best cartography, gentlemen. Which do you think? Uh, I looked at the map for Age of Sigmar. Don't like it at all. Looked at the map for Undying Sands. Can see sort of part of it in the, on the on the page for the description. It's cool. It's got that uh, sort of isometric look to it. Um, Towns and Taverns. Uh, it's it's just a map. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give it to Destroyer of Worlds just because there's not really a lot of cartography in that map. It's just floor plans. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't. That's that's the I, point. Of that's not that. what I think of when I think cartography. I think cartography. I think like world map stuff. Well, so having not been able I to see any of the stuff. halls, uh, yeah, I know it should be, but I th yeah. I think it should be world maps. Um, I'm gonna give it to Halls of the Blood King, sight unseen. <laughs> you, you just because I don't like any of the other ones. <laughs> okay. Man. Wow. All right. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um. I don't think I haven't seen the other ones. I know that knowing Drew, I know he puts a lot of thought in how these ships are designed and he wants to make like he actually goes through and makes sure that sure that they are engineered the same way and you know that they actually could be like functional. Mm -hmm. So I I just want to say that I I don't want to give that as my pick because of, you know, bias, but uh <laughs> I would, now that I'm seeing this Undying Sands uh, product, I think that's pretty cool. And I like hex maps and hex tokens. And Towns and Taverns is definitely the most useful thing in there, Ewok. Um, at least for my, for like bang for buck, because it's system agnostic for anything. As long, well, I guess as long as it's fantasy. But uh, yeah, like I would, if I had to pick oh, one thing out of this. flip book. Yeah, it's a fold out mm -hmm. flip. It's a coil bound flip book. It, it's extremely functional yeah if, if if this was based on function alone towns and taverns okay yeah this is this is my pick then because look like at that. something that would actually hit the table definitely towns and taverns yeah mm -hmm. yeah I, I dig this a lot for cartography alone in my opinion it's it's the age of sigmar soul down the great parch map it's stylized so i understand why jason doesn't like it uh, but he doesn't like style. But it's a it's it is a <laughs> no, cartography just, map. Yeah, that is definitely it's, a cartography map. Yeah, I just don't like this. Whoever did their cartography, I'm not a fan. I know I know a few people that do cartography, and I guess I'm biased towards them because I love their cartography. Um, like Devin Rue, um, Alyssa Faden, um, folks like that. I love their I love their work. So this just kind of I look at this and I'm like, wow, this is very plain. <laughs> But again, that's just my bias. So wow, you know the person that probably does, that designed this map is probably listening to this podcast, and they're probably swearing at you right now, Jason. Like they are the welcome heck? to be like, angry I... at me. <laughs> I will. I will accept their their vitriol. Again, it's it. art. It's subjective. So. Right. But Jason is allowed to be wrong. So that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, frequently. Frequently. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. I'm not laying any claims to being right all the time. I mean, I'll say it, but it's not true. <laughs> 
Uh, best electronic book. Uh, this is uh, Ancestry and Culture and an Alternative to Race in 5e uh, by uh, Arcanist Press and design, uh, wrote, written by Eugene Marshall. Beowulf, An Age of, uh, Age of Heroes by Handiwork Games. Authors uh, John Hodgson, uh, David Ray, and Jacob Rogers. Oh, Jacob Robert, Rogers uh, also has, has worked on uh, 5e products for, uh, for Free League. That's awesome. Uh, Brand Cal Colonia from Spaghetti, uh, Spaghetti Fantasy Setting Book from Acheron Games. And, let's, and they've got a whole list of uh, folks that worked on that. Uh, Eyes Unclouded, The Secret Cat Shop. And they've got a huge list of folks that uh, contributed to that game. Uh, Wally, yeah. Wally DM's Journal of Puzzle Encounters by Wally DM. I love the name. Wally DM. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a sucker for, for roleplay puzzles. It's part of the reason I love the Legend of Zelda video game series, all the little puzzle rooms and everything. So uh, without actually really knowing anything about any of these books, uh, Wally <laughs> DM's. And that's what, that's that's your pick. That 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 it is actually the one that just looking over them real quickly. I would I will probably go out and get. And I don't like I don't like electronic books. I need I need a physical book in my hand. The dead tree version. Yeah. I, I give me give me some dead trees. They smell delicious. Uh, mine would be Brian Colonia. Brian Colonia. I actually just got the books in uh, like last week for Brand I'm a little Colonial. surprised that it didn't get into the art category because it's a very beautiful book. It is, absolutely. Um, Beowulf Age of Heroes. I'm going to take a look at that that uh, nominee. Beowulf is a strong property, uh, but I don't know if it would... There's so many people out there that love Vikings. Wow. Yeah. Like Vikings are a hot thing. Now, Vikings are the new vampires and werewolves at the moment. They're so hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's really just the, it's really just the furs they wear that keeps them. Hot. Yeah, it's just the fur. That's why they're so hot. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm gonna probably give it to. As far as hot button topics right now, ancestry and culture will probably do very well, but I don't think that's gonna push it over the top because I, I, there's such I a buzz around new, removing races yeah. from RPGs. Yeah. I think that's an important book. Uh, I don't know if it's the best book. Not, the, yeah, not necessarily the best. Yeah, it's book. very important. It, it's a good discussion to have. I'm going to say Beowulf is my choice. As much as I, I'd like to see uh, Brian Colonia take it, I, I think Beowulf, probably just because of the setting and, and the theme, I, I think will be... Cause like Jason said, that's, that's a hot... Uh, it's a hot commodity right now. Everybody yeah. loves their Vikings. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next ca category is best family game slash product. Uh, this is uh, Magical Kitty Save the Day by Atlas Games. What is this? Uh, Mouserder? Mouserder. The box set by Games Omnivorous L Losing Games. Uh, isn't there a second? Isn't this on Kickstarter at the moment? There is a Kickstarter for Mouserder, yeah. It's a new mm. box set? Yeah. I, I believe it's a, an updated version. Wow. Uh, Sentinel Comics, the role-playing game core rulebook, greater than games. Tales of Zadia, the Dragon Prince role-playing game rules primer from Fandom, Fandom Inc. Um, and then Weird Scouts from Wicked Clever uh, and uh, our friend Robert Turk. Uh, we've actually played w Weird Scouts on the, on the show before, and uh, while that was on Kickstarter, that was a lot of fun. Um, 
that that was that is a great family game for uh, for an RPG. Uh, this is a tough one, guys. Um, I'm gonna say Mouse Ritter just because it's an established property. But yeah, this is a t- like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see people playing Tales of Zadia as a family game. I don't know. And it's just the rules primer too. It's not like yeah. Well, you need Cortex to play it because it's a Cortex game. Right. But yeah, like I just I can't see you know mom, dad, and two point five kids showing up and saying, "Hey, we're gonna play Tales of Zadia the Dragon Prince." Uh, Dragon Prince. I could easily see them saying, "Hey, we're gonna play this funny little board game called Mouse Ritter." See now, Mouse Ritter is like like I love Mouse Guard, so I don't know how much I would play Mouse Ritter. I, I looked at the Kickstarter a couple times and and I'm like, oh, do I want to get in on this? How how many mouse RPGs do I need? And I think <laughs> what's the answer, Doug? <laughs> I think it's just one. Just one, okay. As as much as as much as I would love to say there, I need two. I think I just need one. Um, but of course, that's not in print anymore. Mouse Guard isn't in print anymore. So I would say if you're interested in that type of genre of an RPG, this is a, probably the next the next best thing. Uh, yeah, this might take my this might be my pick for for this category just because it's a cool fantasy rpg and then magical kitties save the day i don't again (laughs) you're gonna hear the skepticism just as he reads it right (laughs) again i I have what, what do you play like let me just i don't think i've in magical, magical kitties, kitties, you're a magical kitty. You have a human. Your human has problems. You go solve those problems with your magical powers. That's a that fun, is the game. That's a that's a family friendly game right there. That is very, a, very much a, so. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. on board with magical okay. kitties. This is I'm this on board is, with magical pick. kitties. <laughs> this is my pick for for the the, the, the category as well. Uh, although I master now that I'm looking at it, like I'm like. Uh, I'm going to go check out the Kickstarter and see, look at it for like the sixth time and make sure that I don't need to actually punch for it because it does now that I've looked at the box head even more again. It's, yeah, it's one of those things where maybe I do need it to go sit sit next to Mouse Guard. (laughs) Gotta have all the mouse. Yeah. That's why I'm picking kitties too because the kitties will eat your mice. Well, and I have um, Mar- Monarchies of Mao, but you play as like a, like fantasy, like you know, cats. So it's not like you're playing as like actual cats. Oh, I also have uh, what's what's the other cat RPG that I have? Uh, Cataclysm. That was another game that I have that uh, involves where you play cats in, in a fantasy world. So I don't know how many cat RPGs do I need to all of them. But, Best free game slash product, uh, A State Nicely Done by Handiwork Games, uh, Adventures on a Dime, Dungeons on a Dime, uh, Humblewood, The Wakeworm's Fury by Hit Point Press, Two Faces by Tin Star Games, Warhammer 40k Roleplaying Wrath and Glory, The Graveyard Shift by Cubicle 7. Best free game, now is the Humblewood, The Wakeworm's Fury, is that the one that was in the free rpg i believe so yeah a lot of these look like they are um 
uh, at least a couple of these look like they're little free adventures. I believe... Yes, it was the free RPG yeah, adventure. By I believe this one was the free RPG adventure. I'm, I'm going to tell you that this came with cards, and I was really impressed with the production quality of, of this Humblewood uh, Very good. adventure. It is a beautiful game, yeah. Um, so, in fact, I was looking at my Humblewood book earlier this morning, so that's kind of funny. Uh, I just came across it as I was looking at RPG books. Uh, yeah, that's going to be my pick because I really enjoyed that. And it came with some really great quality cards that I love the fact that you could just kind of give folks the card and that's their NPC. I mean, that's their PC character that they play. Mm-hmm. And makes playing that game super easy. What about you guys? What uh, What do you think? I, I, I think I'm leaning towards Humblewood. Wakeworm Sphere as well. I got to see that as part of Free RPG Day, like you said. Um, it's taking it even taking even the physical product out because it's it's going to be very hard to get that physical product now. Um, just getting the free PDF of this, it's it's a good adventure in of itself, yeah. and and I think that's really good. I'm intrigued by Two Faces because it's a, a solo RPG of horrific duality. Um, seems like it's one of those little journaling, um, uh, uh, kind of those journaling RPGs. Um, but you don't actually journal in this one. You just need you, a coin, and the PDF, and you're ready to go. So I'm, I'm probably going to check out that just because solo RPG, like little games and systems, always intrigue me. So I, this is probably the one I'm going to look at most. But I think overall, I got to give it to Wormwood. Or not yeah. Wormwood. But, wormwood. Uh, Humblewood. Yeah. Humblewood. Yeah. Humblewood. 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 Wakeworm. <laughs> yeah. um, same for me. Humblewood. Yeah. I love 40K stuff. Um, when I used to play locally here with my now defunct LGS, um, I used to write up scenarios like that all the time. So I don't I don't need that from them. I mean, it, it's cool that it's official and people love official, but I would, uh, I would just write up my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really was intru- I was really impressed with that free RPG day offering, and uh, they, they they brought it uh, last year. Even though it was kind of a downward year for free RPG day uh, because of everything going on, that uh, that was one of the the products that I walked away with going, yeah, that's cool. Best game is this is this hot take time? Um, maybe we go back to. Uh, okay. Best game. Best game. Nominations are Alice is Missing from Renegade Game Studio. This is a RPG that you play over text message. Yep. Silently over text message. Silently. You're not allowed to talk in person. I will tell you that this game would have been my number three game for RPG of the year for 2020. It's very good. This, just is a, beca- this is an ingenious idea. Just because of how different it is, how well executed it is, how I, I, I love games that, that do different things. And this is one of them. And yes, this would have been my number three RPG of 2020. I, I will say this, this game is heavy. It deals yeah, with some pretty very... mature themes. Yeah. So be aware of that as you explore it. 
but it is very very good yeah this is a this is a great great rpg um yeah just you'll, you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy it uh, i'm trying to see if i can find my top 10 list because i actually did create a top 10 list and yes this was this was my number three uh so if you haven't uh, if you were kind of kind of interested on on what my top 10 was at least you get a little little insight on on what uh cortex prime by phantom inc author cam banks this game i don't know if it I'm trying to I'm trying to choose my words correctly here. I don't know if this will win best game just because of what the product is. But it's, it's a really good it's 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 not I don't think it's a game itself, it's a tool set. It's a tool Exactly. Kit. It is not a game on its own. So part of me goes, yeah, it I would love to see it win, but I don't think it will just because of the fact that... And I'm going to give you my hot take on, on, on this game in a little bit because, to be honest with you, Cortex Prime would have been my number one pick for 2020. If it was best game system, definitely belongs in this category. Yeah, because... Yeah. Cortex Prime... We actually did an actual play using the Cortex Prime uh, system. Uh, we did a, a Transformers, a G1 Transformers actual play called Throttlebots Rollout. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. Basically, the Cortex Prime system takes, gives you a whole bunch of rule sets, gives you a, couple, a whole bunch of mechanics, and lets you plug and play and and make your own RPG. I don't think it'll. I don't think it would best game just because of that. Maybe it will. I don't know. Heart the City uh, Beneath. Great game. If it uses the same D10, was it? No, it's a D8 system, right? Uh, what, first uh, fire, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, then, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to do rather well. Um, I'm trying to see if that was, let me see if that was my heart was number nine in, on my top 10 RPGs. Altered Carbon, by the way, just missed my top 10 list. It was my number 11th pick. Uh, just for those that would be interested. Uh, Central Comics, the role-playing game, core rulebook, greater than games. I've got enough superhero RPGs. I don't know if this one does anything different. I've looked at it a couple times. I don't know if it does anything different enough that I feel like I need to add this to my supers library of RPGs. Um, I think Mutants and Masterminds is, is genius. Uh, Steve Kenson is, is uh, phenomenal with that game. Um, Alan's Tiny Supers game is rules light enough that uh, I, I really like that game. So I, I, I know folks love the Sentinel comics. I just don't think that that's going to be enough for it to kind of get it to get it. People either love or hate comics. Yeah. It's a very, well, maybe not so much now that the Marvel movies have taken over the, the world, but when it comes to gaming, People like their fantasy, they like their science fiction. When you start mixing comic books around where people have all these ambiguous abilities and powers that you can't really quantify, people stumble on that a lot. So yep. best game, I don't know. Slayers, uh, Gila RPGs. This is a game 
Um, the city sits at the nexus of the world. Once you're inside it, the, it is the world. Something divides, something drives the borders of the city ever onward, crawling towards the horizon. Urban sprawl made, sprawl made real. Neighborhoods appear and disappear overnight. The city is filled to the brim with no shortage of interesting characters, cultures, and monsters. That's where you come in, Slayer. Slayer it reminds is me RPG. of Dark City, the RPG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slayers is a tabletop RPG of mercenaries and monster hunters for hire. Um, I have a game about this. It's Blades in the Dark. It uses a simple four-plus system, create action-filled scenes that move quickly. I've never heard of this RPG, to be honest with you. No. But from everything I'm reading about it, it's very... It's Blades in the Dark. It's, it's a different rule system, of course. But I already oh. have this game. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know that I need another game like this. It's a very niche thing. Yeah. I got to stop using that word. <laughs> <laughs> if everything's niche, is anything niche? Is anything <laughs> niche? Yes, I was just about to say something like that myself. <laughs> I'm So my pick for the best game is going to be Alice is Missing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. And, yep. Just because Unani- it's so, Unanimous. so different and it plays so well and it's such a cool uh, just, a, just a cool product. Best layout and design. Cortex Prime Handbook. This is one category I think Cortex might win because of the fact that I love the uh, the layout of this game. I, like, it's, it's, it's they, very yeah. clean. Very yeah. easy to read. They were very smart about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is probably that's probably my pick of this just because I, I think it's the only one. Oh, and Heart, Heart I've seen as well. Uh, so Cortex, uh, Heart, The City Beneath, Sentinel Comics, The Spy Game, and the Stygian Library remastered. Stygian. Stygian Library remastered from Soul Muppet Publishing. Um, I haven't seen the Stygian Library remastered to be honest with you. I've been looking at um, another product from Soul Muppet Publishing, which has is um, Orbital Blues which I love the layout of that. It's very kind of retro-y Mork Borg, I guess is probably yeah. the way, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> You're it's, not wrong. It's kind of, kind of that kind of uh, layout, but it's more retro. Um, yeah, I, so I, I'd be curious to see what the Stygian Library... Actually, I'm going to pick I'm going to click on it just to see what it looks like. They only have a picture of the cover. I was yeah, looking that's at what I was afraid and, of. Uh, and I like the cover. The cover makes me want to flip in the rest of the book and see, but uh, mm. yeah, I wish I wish we could see a little bit more of the layout because I I especially in a category that's about layout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say when you can't see. So yeah, uh, yeah. My my pick for this is going to be Cortex, just because the I, I like the layout, the design of this. I've I've looked at the PDF, um, and I had an opportunity to flip through the physical, and yeah, it's. It's smart. They were smart with the core system. They they didn't make it flashy. They didn't make it fancy. They made it informative. They made it easy to flip through. They made it easy to find things. And that is a layout genius. Uh, let's just go through. We're we're about halfway through, and 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 we're we're kind of running out of time here for for uh, this, this this podcast. Uh, best monster adversary: Heart the City Beneath. Uh, my dad's monster manual. Uh, Planet Apocalypse for 5th edition, D&D, The Maze, Vasen Nordic Horror Role-Playing. I... Uh, 
I, the, the, if you have an opportunity, Basin, the horror role-playing game, also comes with an art book, also done by Johan Igerkranz, um, who did all of the artwork for that. And it's basically just um, like, a, like a primer for Grimm's Fairy Tales, almost. It's not stats or anything. It's just a picture of a monster, a description of what the monster is, does, and is about. And then it moves on from there. And you, um, you can kind of extrapolate some, some yeah. stats and everything from yeah. the, the core rulebook and kind of apply it to... There is not a single thing in that book that you will find in a monster manual. <laughs> yeah. Not one. Every single thing is different. Every single thing is unique. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably give it to to Vason uh, just because of the fact that I really enjoy the art book. I, I, I've i picked up Vason even before it was an RPG, so uh, that's 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 why I'm giving myself a pass on the on, on <laughs> I'm that picking pick. this one. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's just go to who do we want to go next? Production values? Sure. We'll go to production values and then we'll go to best rules and best. Oh my gosh. Look at, look at all the, the so categories that we need. So many that's, categories. Yeah. That's why I mentioned them a little while ago. Oh. We are, are only we, like halfway through here. We, are we going to talk about best podcast? Yeah. We what can. the heck it, is going it's, on here? It's, it's not us. The best yeah. podcast is not, <laughs> is not on this list. <laughs> um, who do we, who do we got to call? <laughs> we we got to know a guy that works for Eni. Yeah, no, I don't. I I don't I don't listen to a lot of these, but I listen to Asians represent, and it is amazing. It is. Uh, I I would recommend anyone listen to Asians represent. Talks a lot about the Asian viewpoint, how Asians are are viewed within not only games but in the industry. It's extremely topical. Um, it should be on your list of podcasts to listen to. And and I want to say that, and they should definitely win because it is amazing. So nice. and follow them on Twitter too, because uh, there's a lot of topics that get talked about there, and uh, it's important. So watch, listen, follow, all that stuff. Good, good crew, good podcast. Nice. Best best production values: uh, Adventures Tarot, the Expre- the Empress deck, Alien RPG, Destroyer of Worlds, Broken Compass, Adventure Journal. Warhammer Age of Sigmar, Soulbound Rule Collector's Edition, and Weird Horror. I don't know. I would give this one to Destroyer of Worlds. The production value is, is there. I mean, a lot yeah. of people complain that it's all black art and all on a black pages and everything's well, dark and everything. The, but that is the whole right. point of it. And they do it extremely well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a great box set. I'm, I'm not going to I'd be surprised if it didn't win that um, just because it, uh, it's I think, great. I think the tarot deck would give it a run for its money yep. um, just because of how nice it looks. But having actually held like free league stuff in my hands, I know how good it is. So that mm. uh, like the weird works LLC deck looks amazing, but with a tarot deck feels everything. So if it doesn't feel right, I, I don't know if we can give it to that, but I know how the alien stuff feels and it's great. So, and tactile is a, a big thing for me. Like I said, I want a physical book. So like I want nice pages. I want good bindings. I want to feel like I've got my money's worth and uh, destroyer worlds will do that. 
um, hands down. So yeah, I think I think that'll do well. My runner-up would probably be the Soulbound Rulebook Collector's Edition because Collector's Edition books from Crucible Seven are also right up there They're with very good. Yeah. very very yeah. nice. So um, we're gonna go to best setting next, which uh, the nom- excuse me the nominations are Brand Calonia Spaghetti Fantasy uh, Setting Book, Heart the City Beneath. The Maze, Exo Stories, uh, The Stygian Library Remastered, and Undying Sands. Uh, what do you guys think for best setting? Um, I'm inclined to give this one to Bran Colonia. Just yeah. because Heart is based on Spire. Spire is already out, so it's nothing new. Um, and Bran Colonia is doing something really cool with fantasy and making yep. it spaghetti fantasy. Yep, I will agree with you on that one. Yeah. I think and I think it's I, really kind of neat. I, it, I it's mixing a little bit of mechanics with my setting, but the brawl mechanics in Brand Colonia give it that gritty spaghetti fantasy. Like the mechanics make that setting. I think sure. so. It's a really nice mix of the two. So uh, yeah, I'd I'd be on board with Brand Colonia. Nice. And we did an actual play in an interview with them during the Kickstarter. So if you'd like to check that out. Uh, Go, go check that out on on, uh, on our channel as well. Uh, best supplement. Let's go to best supplement because I think I know what – I'll tell you what my pick is, and I think it's probably going to win. Uh, of course, we have Ancestry and Culture, an alternative to Race in 5e. Uh, Arium Create, uh, create uh, from Adept, Adept Icarus. Morkboard Cult of Ferratory from Freely Publishing. Uh, Wally DM's Journal of Puzzle Encounters. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy Role Playing Enemy with Within Campaign Volume Two Death on the Reek Campaign Cubicle Seven. My my pick for that best supplement, and I know this is going to be very fanboyish, <laughs> but Morkborg Cult uh, Morkborg Cult Ferratory. Uh, this is a must-have pickup mm. if you have the Morkborg game. Um, it is just, yeah. it is like a little paperback kind of zine thing, yep. but oh my God, is it great. Um, it is, it is just adds ridiculous. so much to your Morkborg uh, core, core rules and your rulebook. Um, between that and uh, the core rulebook, you got, you got a lot of content right there. Yeah, and it's amazing because those books are really quite small. Yep. But they fire your imagination like nobody's business. It's like pouring gas on your imagination and lighting it on fire. <laughs> uh, let's go to product of the year, and then we'll go to best game. I think that's what the what I skipped over, right? Best rules. That's what it was. Best rules. Yeah. Let's go to product of the year. Actually, you know what? Let's wait for this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Best, All right. Best, best rules. Best rules. I guess Alice is mid- missing. Renegade Game Studios. Cortex Prime Handbook. Fandom Incorporated. Fiasco Second Edition. Bully Pulpit Games. Slayers. Yellow uh, RPGs. The Spy Game. Of Black Cats Gaming. All right, guys. Cortex. <laughs> Cortex. Yeah. I want to say Alice is missing, but it, I do it, want to say Alice. Yeah, honestly, I was on the same way. Up. Alice is missing is amazing, but it, Cortex is yeah, just the it, best rules there. But, but I don't know if texting counts as a rule. Like it's like, a mechanic. It's, it, 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 it's a mechanic, but it's it, it's not necessarily a rule. 
No, so it's something so, you do win the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for rules in the in the true sense of the word, yes, uh, Cortex Prime. Uh, let's see here. Product of the year. Adventures Tarot, the Empress yeah. deck. Alice is Missing from Renegade Games. Anc Ancestry and Culture, an alternative race to uh, race in 5e, Ar Arcanist Press. Arium Create, Adept Icarus. Brand Colonia, Spaghetti Fantasy Setting Book, Acheron Games. Cortex Prime, Game Handbook. Heart, The City Beneath. Uh, from Rowan, Rick, and Descard. Sentinel Comics, the role-playing game, core rulebook, greater than games. Slayers, Gila RPGs, the Stygian Library Remastered, Soul Muppet Publishing. What is your pick for product of the year? I want to give it to Arium. I really do. Okay. Um, I like Cortex, uh, but I think I would get more use out of Arium. Cortex is a framework for you to create something yourself. Um, when, while it's a great vehicle to do that, I think Arium does the job of inspiring you to do something better. Okay. Cool, cool. Ben, uh, your, your pick for uh, product of the year? Product of the year, I think because it just hit, in 2020 with what 2020 was for so many people i'm gonna go with alice is missing um it it's when people felt isolated and felt lonely and all this stuff and those are heavy topics that the game deals with and deals with them in such an interesting way that i can literally be sitting four feet from you but i can't talk to you it's whoo it's uh i get chills thinking about it a little bit um it hit right at the right time with a really cool mechanic and and in a very uh, impactful subject matter. Uh, and that's why I give it the product of the year. I totally agree with you. And I would, if I could do two products of the year, I think Alice is Missing would be one of them. Because of the fact that it's so different, it kind of hit right at the right time, like you said, it's I love when games and RPGs like change the industry. And that's why my pick for product of the year is going to be Cortex Prime Handbook. And let me give you my reasons for it. Here we go. We're gonna give you a little little hot take action going on now from Buckle Up. Cortex Prime handbook is one. Let me just start out by saying one of the things that I do and that I've done for many years is follow trends and try to see what is going to be popular. What is what changes are certain industries going to make to be relevant in the future? In that terms in technology, hobbies investing that's that's what i've been doing for years um i've done it so well that you know i i finished college without without any college debt um just putting my money into different things and and investing in certain things it's what i've been doing on the side for many many years and it's no different 
with Cortex Prime. Cortex Prime, I think, is on its way to become one of the big leaders in the indie RPG space. And that's for a few reasons. And, and not only is this just, am I not just looking at it from the physical book aspect, I'm looking at this long-term. Um, long-term, this game isn't really pushing physical this physical book anymore. Yes, they did a print run of this book, but now they want you to buy or acquire the, the digital online version of this game. And if you pick up this book, one of the genius things that they did was they included this code in here for you to unlock the digital version, version on their website. And I'll tell you what, Fandom is the one that, that does the digital version and they, they, they're the ones that publish this book. They're also the company that does D&D &D Beyond. And Wizards of the Coast picked, on the, picked up on this really, really early on. And I'm surprised that the indie, bar, indie RPG market hasn't done the same. See, we're always looking at the here and now. With almost everything that we do, mo the majority of people do. They look at the here and now. They look at, okay, yes, this is a physical RPG book. I'm going to bring this to my, the table. I'm going to play it with my friends. That's speaking to us, our demographic. Jason, Ben, you know, all of us are at that certain point in our lives where we want physical things. We want to sit down and we want to play an RPG with our friends at the table. Well, guess what? The industry is changing and the market's changing. And this book, physical books, aren't going to be the hot in-demand thing that they were right now and they won't be in 10 years from now because you got to think about this you got to think about this in 10 years we're going to be 50 60 years old we're not going to be the majority of the the industry we're going to be the the minority of this industry of this hobby who are going to be the majority of this demo of the the hobby it's going to be the people that are 10 to 15 right now playing RPGs and what do they what do are they used to they're they hate books they don't like books they like digital objects they like they are okay with going on a website and downloading a, a, a video game and downloading something like they're okay with that that's not something that they're okay with jumping on Roll20 or a virtual tabletop and playing their RPGs just like Wizards of the Coast realized that that's the market that they need to go to in order to stay relevant years to come. Cortex Prime realizes that that's the, that is the, the, the way that they need to go forward and that is going to be how the indie RPG market is going to trend going forward as well. In the next 10 years, you're going to see more RPGs have digital implementations more than they are going to have physical products. Just because of the fact that we're going to get phased out as far as the, the primary demographic. It's going to go virtual. Like, if you've gone on to Cortex's, uh, Cortex's uh, digital platform, 
it's amazing. It's everything that you need to play the game right there. You can build settings. You can build build uh, uh, player characters. It's basically a one-stop shop for, for this game. The, the one thing that, that I will say about this Cortex Prime handbook is if you're, an, if you're a GM or you're a game designer or you're just a fan of RPGs, this is a great book just to pick up all on its own because you get to look and read and figure out how different mechanics work you can take pieces of this and apply it to an RPG that maybe you're designing. It's such a great resource for designing RPGs. I think you're going to see this game become more and more popular in the years to come just because of this, the, the fact that it's, it's a toolkit for designers more than anything else. The other thing that I will say is that fandom has a great tie to a lot of popular RP, uh, IPs. So we've already seen um, the Tales of Zadia RPG that's coming out. We know that a Masters of the Universe RPG is coming out. I think you're going to see more and more IP RPGs using this system. That's why I'm saying... Cortex Prime is going to be is up and coming and it is going to be one of the major players here. It probably won't overtake Paizo, it probably won't overtake, you know, Wizards of the Coast, but I think you're going to see more this book in general make a bigger impact over the next 10 years just because of the fact that it's on top of the digital game more than anybody else. And this this is going to be very, very attractive to those players that are in that 10 to 15 demographic right now. 10 years from now, if they have this digitally and it's the implementation is just as good as it is now and it keeps on improving, just like D&D Beyond, that's going to be another, another, uh, another avenue for folks to play online. Uh, yeah, I, that's... That's my hot take on Cortex, just because of the fact that they're not playing the short game. They're playing the long game. And they realize... making fun of how tall we are. What's that? No, I'm just saying that, that really, they, they realize that... In fact, I, I don't even think that once these physical books sell, sell out, I don't think they're going to publish, publish them. I think they're strictly uh, going to go digital. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I really think that they are focused on a digital aspect of their in, in implementation of their Cortex games more than they are on the physical aspect. Because let's face it, there's more money to be made that way. And folks that, that want to play these RPGs in 10 years, they're, I don't think that they want the, the physical books. The thing with the physical books and the versus the digital books is your physical book, if it has a rata or something has to be retconned, your book is obsolete then that's the issue with physical books the advantage of digital books is you can update them constantly you can add new things to them you can remove things from them you can edit things you can change pictures pictures you can change text blocks whatever and it's instantly available to you that's the real advantage to digital more right. so than anything else because we have this more so now with this the younger audience because i'll tell you what my daughter's 15. she wants a video game she doesn't go out and buy the physical as the physical 
we, we don't go to games GameStop and buy the physical disc. <laughs> we she brings her her Nintendo Switch down here and she's like, Dad, here, can Give you log in card. and pay for this because I want to play it right now. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen yeah. in the RPG because when she's ten years from ten years from now, if she wants to play a tabletop RPG. What is she going to do? She's not. Gonna She's going to come to you and say, "Dad, I want to play a game with yeah. you," and you are going to melt. <laughs> so I, I hope that that's the case. But that's the that's the mentality of the that of the, the the hobby is going to trend towards in the next ten years. They want instant gratification. They want digital. They want to be able to play it because I'll tell you what: as much as we love to play RPGs in person, I don't think in ten years the majority of games are going to be played in person. I think. Because of what's been going oh. on this last year, I think I think the majority of the games are going to be played virtually. <laughs> I don't. I very much don't. You don't think that? No. Wow. I think it will always be a useful tool, and it's amazing the leaps and bounds they've made in the virtual tabletop space. And I really love it myself. I love Foundry. I'm a huge fan of Foundry. I've got all kinds of tools for Foundry already, and I love playing with Foundry. But if you said, hey, you want to play a game? If I had a bunch of my friends locally here, it was like, say, five of my friends came, here, came over and said, hey, we want to play an in-person game. I'd be like, out the window with you, Foundry. Sit down at the table. Patty says, I've been trying to get a hard copy of Cortex for half a year now in Europe. Oh, that's too bad. Like, it's... Yeah. It, it, it's if you can't find one that's in stock somewhere, you are unfortunately screwed. The way shipping is going right now, there's not much of a chance. You you know what what game system... I think would really benefit from having a digital implementation is Savage Worlds. If Savage Worlds had a, if they if they could do what Cortex is doing in, the, in their online space, like that could be really really huge. But I think Cortex is going to beat them to the punch, and I think I think it's going to beat a lot of the the India. Savage Worlds is not an up and not well, I don't want to say up and coming, but it's not a very forwardly moving company. They're very traditional in their production so i don't think you'll see them really taking big advantage of of the uh, tabletops or the, uh, the virtual tabletop kind of thing cortex there, Prime. that being said there are modules for for foundry and for roll 20. but those are all i, I right. believe third party exactly and cortex prime is an up-and-coming rpg it, as many as nominations that it, that, it, that it has this year i think it'll probably only it probably won't win all of them but don't discredit its impact long term in this hobby because of the fact of its digital implementation. The fact that you can get the digital impl implementation just by buying the physical book, and the fact that it's so well done and it's such a great toolkit for RPG designers and players. I'm going to tell you right now don't sit on Cortex Prime. It is going to be a major player in the next 10 years in the in the indie rpg space uh, they need a major game to attach to cortex prime not just he-man that's not major sorry it's no not. I, I know it's not they need I, a big game to jump on it and then we'll see how it goes i think that they're poising they're 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 trying to build themselves towards those bigger ips so yes, they're going to show you. What's Tales of Vizadia? It's the Dragon Prince, right? Dragon, yeah. They're they're, they're going to put that out, and that's they're going to be like, okay, this is great. We've done this. We're going to put He Man out. Okay, we're we're capturing this audience now. Like the I think the more they kind of gobble up these IPs, the bigger and bigger they're going to grow. And fandom is like very well known. At, 
What's that? <laughs> like a Katamari ball. Kind of. But like, I, it, Phantom is very well known in the inter- entertainment industry. So oh, yeah. If one of these IPs says, hey, Phantom wants to make a pitch about uh, a role-playing game, they're more than likely going to get sit down and get get a meeting. They need to get the people that love groups and love Powered by the Apocalypse, just as was mentioned in the chat, to convert. If they can start converting some of those old school gamers into the Cortex rule set and and have them adopt it like that, that will steamroll into into the into the public itself demanding IPs produce for Cortex. I don't think that the Cortex. I don't think that this book is for us. No, it's not, but that will help their initial momentum. I think it will, but I don't think that they're, I I really think that they're poising themselves and positioning themselves to grow over these next five years. And they're bringing a younger audience along with them. And that if they're going to do that, they need to get away from He-Man because well, He-Man's they're not also going like, to, they're, I mean, they're also popular us. and the new He-Man series is popular. I'll give them that. But right. they need to get away from that because that is our generation stuff. Well, that's the thing. They're going to bring us in with that IP at the, at, right now. But I think slowly they're going to bring in, they're like, okay, we did this with He-Man. Let's bring in, I don't know why. I, I don't know what other IP is out there. That, and I don't want to guess because I don't want people to say, oh, Doug said, you know, Phantom's going to get this IP. But... <laughs> I, I really think that they are poised to grow, and if they can knock these first couple IPs out of the park, and they've got the digital implementation really well done, because it's in beta right now and it looks really good, I think that they're just they're they're going to explode over these next ten years. I said the same thing about freely publishing five years ago. <laughs> when I when I picked up Mutant Year Zero and they started picking, started putting out all these other games like Coriolis, like holy smoke, this is a publishing company to take a look at because they're going to be they're going to blow it up if they keep putting out products like this. And I was right. I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot about freely publishing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the same thing about of, about Cortex Prime and Fandom. That's my mic drop. That's my Caliente take. They are an up-and-coming RPG. If they can RPG publisher, they're going to be putting out some great stuff. They're not marketing to us old gamers. They're marketing. Stop the next... calling me old. We are, dude. We're old. <laughs> I'm older than both of you, but I don't identify as old. <laughs> but think about it. Where is the where is their money going to come from? It's going to come from this next generation of gamers, and that's who they're poised to market towards, and that's who they're going to get if they can do it correctly. And I'm going to put my money on the fact that they, that they do it. I'm I, that's just the, that's just my, my Caliente take on core. On, uh, Rodrigo on agrees Prime. with me. This, this is the gaming equivalent of a stock tip. It basically is. It really is. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, you heard it here first. And maybe five years from now, we look back at this episode and we go, man, Doug couldn't have been more wrong. Like, I don't think I'm going to be. I really think that the way the RPG Well, no one who's ever wrong thinks they're going to be wrong. Right, (laughs) Right. well, that's true. But I think the way that the RPG industry is trending, the way what we've gone through over this last 16 months, 
knowing the trends of the younger generation, look, just interacting with my daughter and her friends and with other folks, with other kids her age and around that demographic, knowing what they look for. I'm telling you right now that this is a company that is poised to make themselves a run here in the next 10 years and to grab a large market share of the indie RPG market. That's why it's my number one game of 2020. I, I think it's a great book. I think it's a great product. I love the digital implementation of it. I think it's great for RPG designers, RPG players. Love the fact that you can kind of just take whatever you want and build your own RPG with it. That's my high take. Sorry, I rant and raved about it, but I, <laughs> I really do. I honestly think that that's the case. Sorry. And so I'm going to go tell you right now, Ben has four copies of this book at his store. If you're anywhere close to Burlington, Vermont, please go buy a copy of it because <laughs> he picked it up on my recommendation. But it is really great because I love the fact that I, I don't know what it retails for. Ben, what does that book retail for? I don't know. I like 40 bucks? Show. I think it's like 40 bucks. Uh, 50 bucks. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Plus standard, you get the, standard role play. Plus you get the digital implementation of this of this game. Yes. Like that alone is worth like twenty to twenty five dollars. That's the one thing that more company, not more companies, all all companies need to friggin' get on board with. If you're gonna buy a physical version of a book, give the digital version for free. Stop double charging people. It's stupid. But not only is it just a digital, it's not just a PDF. It's an interactive. Yeah, it's not the same level as D and D Beyond for D and D. Not but yet. It's it, they're it's working way, on it. Yeah, they are working on it very much. It's probably the best and most usefully interactive PDF out there. And you're going to be able to plug in all these different primers into it so you can play all these different games. Well, again, you, that's that's where that's what will make or break it. That is literally what will make or break If they don't get a really cool IP that draws a fair bit of interest and, and turns into a lot of fun and buzz then they're in trouble. The other thing is they have a community portion of their website where if you want to build your own primer, you can share it with the community. So you're going to see a lot of folks designing RPGs, designing their own primers, putting them on the fandom interactive, the Cortex website, and people will be able to use them. Or you'll see it on the DMs Guild. <laughs> I don't think you'll see it on the DMs Guild. <laughs> people like getting paid for the things they make. Right. People well, that's what they're, they're creating a marketplace for. Are for, they creating a marketplace? Okay, yes. that's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're expecting people to show up and give you stuff for free, that ship is very much sailing. Yeah. <laughs> it's at the edge of the harbor. That's that's my... That's all I have to say about Cortex Prime. Are you sure? I think it's, I think it's a great product. It's my yeah. pick for product of the year. We're going to count you down from 10. 9, 8, <laughs> 7, 6, 5... <sighs> Four, three, take a deep breath again. Two, one. Okay. <laughs> if you say anything else about Cortex Prime, you're in trouble. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Chaotic Good Cast. Thank you so much to everyone for joining us. Sorry that uh, my, t my hot take took so long. Hope it was worthwhile. You heard it here first. I want to thank Jason, Ben, for being a part of this, this episode. Thank you to everybody that joined us. Uh, even Vandabase for trolling me on Twitch. Thank you so much. What's Patty, Twitch? What? I missed it. Cal. Must find. Hungry. Everyone, thank you so much for, for joining us. 
This was the chaotic good cast. Go vote for your uh, any uh, nomination. Yes, please, definitely of. go vote. It it can really swing the vote if it enough can. people get it can. in there. Um, Don't think your vote doesn't count here, that because it definitely does. And and if you're watching this after the fact, let me know in the comments uh, any uh, nominees that you're very excited about and that you'd like to see win. Because we'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe we'll go. Maybe once the the awards are announced, uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a follow up uh, episode and back. kind of take a look back and. And uh, maybe, maybe ten years from now we'll follow. We'll do another follow-up video where I get to talk about uh, how right I was about Cortex Prime. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or he'll be eating a hat. <laughs> this is a chaotic good cast episode number fourteen, uh, one fourteen. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We'll see you all next week. Bye now. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victorycondition have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Watsy, do you believe what he said about paper going away? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I got. Oh, oh, hey, uh, hey, guys. How's, uh, I didn't realize we were still live. Yeah, uh, those credits ended. Up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you know, fifty dollars bucks. Those are totally going out of Wizards of the Coast. Okay, so Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast said that their digital sales have led their sales categories over the last what the last two years. And they, increase, yeah. they see it increasing over the the next five, like just sure. in, in being the the primary source of their their revenue. Even I'm, Games I'm Workshop not, is getting on board with the digital thing. I am like, not talking out of my butt here, folks. It is the truth. <laughs> this is where like, we're headed. Well, I, I is, think I think it'll never go fully digital. No, I not it won't go it, fully. It'll no. never go fully digital. I think you'll see digital implementations that can be used around a table. I think is where you'll you'll end up being. I the don't physical think... books. You know what's going to happen with physical books, Ben? Well, yeah, Games Workshop. I know. You're going to have yeah, your no super one. premium, deluxe, ridiculous cover, ridiculous page quality physical book will still be available. And, but mean, that's it. There won't be standard we, versions anymore. We've got 40k players that buy the digital and the physical codexes right now. No, sir. Hello, hello. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Literally today, no. um, I got the I got the new Necron Codex, uh, the, the special Super Deluxe Edition, which and for Games Workshop, the most recalcitrant game company in gaming, even they, you rip open the plastic on that book, you flip to the back cover, code for the digital version for free. Mm -hmm. Done. Yep. Yeah. Like, I, if Games Workshop can do it, literally anybody else who's not doing it is a doofus. It'll be it it'll it it'll get there. I don't think oh, yeah. it'll look yeah. I don't think it'll look anything like any of us can picture. No, it's not gonna be like Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be anything like that. Like I see so many people now incorporating screens into their game tables. Yeah. Uh, like it's a, it's become a huge thing. Like people have an old LCD monitor that they've used off their computer. They plug it into a plug it into a, a, a little tower, and run their game maps on it. Or they they display content for the game on it, whether it's a game map or not. Who cares? Yeah. But like, it is growing in popularity. But it's still it's a little price pointed out of your average gamer's funding. And that's and I think that's where it's gonna 
fall into these snags. They need to be super affordable. And I don't, because people aren't, people don't seem like they're willing to pay 50 bucks for a digital product. People are willing to pay right. 20 bucks for a digital product or 50 bucks for a physical copy and With get the digital product as well. So, and I don't think with the amount of layout, artist, writing, all of that that are in there, I don't think these things are sustainable at $20 each. So that's why I think the print version, the, market share you have. the physical version is never going to go away in gaming. I could see Change really stripped down versions. Sure. Like for fifth edition, or not for fifth edition, sorry, for uh, what is it, eighth edition now? Um, yeah. They have a very stripped down version of the rules that comes with the box set. I can see that being the new, here's your rules, that's all you're getting. You know, and not, we're not going to print seventy-five thousand versions mm -hmm. of the of the, new, of the new basic rule set. If you want the rules, you buy the box set, you get those rules. You know, but I don't think like the physical books are just too handy to have. Like like as people are saying in the chat, you don't have to plug in a physical book. You don't have to worry about it losing charge. I I think that's kind of a dying argument now because there's just so many ways to charge your stuff now. It's and <laughs> yeah, you're right, Patty. <laughs> and what happens in like. I'm just saying that that with with tabletop RPGs, I think the trend is going to be more virtual play than it will be in person play. I think. I don't think game. so. I don't think you so. You don't think so? No. Everyone that I've talked to that started getting into virtual role play, even first time role players, who started during the pandemic because their friends were firing up a roll twenty or a foundry. They want to play around a table. They want the physical in the same spe space as their friends. And and I think that's a human thing. I think that's yeah. very See, deeply ingrained in us. And I... Virtual I, is just I, the I, next best thing when you yeah. can't do it in person. See, yeah. I, I, I'm an Android, so... I, well, we know. You I, I, so plug I, yourself I, in for three hours every like, night and that's it. The majority, yeah, that's basically what I do, um, if I'm lucky. Uh, but like, <laughs> I the majority of my my gameplay is all virtual. I mean, because basically the show. But well, you also live in the middle of nowhere. That's true too. <laughs> You're telling him he lives in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I realize. Oh, God, I'm just gonna wave <laughs> to you from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, again. Think, it's, uh, I think you're gonna see and, this. And trend. I realize I realize I have different glasses on because literally my livelihood rests on people spending fifty dollars on books. <laughs> so like I want to encourage this this this. And I would... and, and I agree that there's gonna be digital implementation. We're seeing it in the board game world more and more with app driven games. But yeah, I think it's so always going to be second string to physical. Yeah, pe people and like I'm not saying everything needs to be physical, but you need to be in the same space as people. That's a human. That's a human thing. We want to gather around the table and share those experiences face to face. Well, you're you know an Android. It, you're an Android. You, know you got to show yourself. <laughs> you know where it might catch people Artificial though is human. people who have never had that opportunity. Like like Doug said, the up and coming crop of gamers who 
due to COVID or whatever, or even distance, because if you're picking up a game that's not fifth edition or something, that's really small scale. Yeah, if, if you if you catch the video game playing crowd who are used one are one hundred percent used to playing strictly online because you can't play PUBG on at a table. Look, well, I don't think so. Look anyway. at what's happened to media in general. Physical I... physical items have gone the way of the dinosaur. We don't have newspapers. Uh, do newspapers. Newspapers. We do have new newspapers, but they're so low printed that the, the, the compared to what they used to be. Back when I They're expensive too. Like they are. my local paper that I pick up for my mother every day is like three dollars for, I think, twenty-four to twenty-eight pages. C- CDs, DVDs, CDs. Does anybody buy CD anymore? I I, I don't buy a CD. I just download it wherever. Wow. Um, I don't. I just I just buy unless it. It's like, a, unless it's a four K DVD. Uh, no. <laughs> DVDs. Blu-rays. I I don't know. I, I haven't bought you, one. In... I can't tell you what the last time I bought a, a physical DVD. Or is there something wrong with your arm? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't. I, haven't I like that I'm the youngest out of all of you, and I'm like, get off my lawn and give me my physical media. <laughs> I'm the. I'm for once, it's not me saying saying stuff like that. Yeah. I, I just don't see it's, it. I I, I see I the, this space trending towards that aspect of things i i because, see and all, especially I, especially ben with all the crap that's going on right now in the world with shipping like you've got to think you're making more money on a on a digital product with an rpg than you are on a physical product well if you can't get it to sell it it's tough <laughs> yeah i i mean there's going to be this bubble for where the next year and a half, two years with the global logistics. I agree. And just because I 100% it's a bubble doesn't agree mean on that. that it's not going to set, set the tone for the rest of the I mean, going yes. forward. I mean, yes. I don't think it's going to pop. I think it'll deflate. And I think, yeah, but, like, they're, like but, the lumber prices. Yeah. But you look even uh, you look even at uh, what fourth edition D&D was five, uh, five years ago now. Uh, those books were 40 bucks and no one batted an eye and then fifth edition nope. came out and they were 50 bucks and one batted no an, one eye. Bats an eye <laughs> like when sixth edition comes out and it's 60 bucks a book we're gonna we're gonna pay it because i think people i i think that's just how it'll go and if it's something I, you love you're not going to abandon it i what? see i see these kids come in to the store and they're not asking for fortnite they're not asking for uh, uh, these other video game properties. They want to know magic and Pokemon, these physical games. They know D&D because their camp counselor taught it to them at camp. Uh, the physical games are there. They're always going to be there. And I, I think it's the people that are our age and slightly younger that are more willing to grab on to the digital stuff because we know how to use digital. We also know the physical part, but we know how to use digital, so we're willing to make that loop. It's the it's the thirty somethings that come in. Hey, do you have that Binding of Isaac card game that came out? I want the I want the physical card game of the digital game that's on that I played, and it's it's. But he, I, I physical is too ingrained in, in us as a people, as a human the, culture. Here's the we're, thing, though, Ben. We're not gonna we're not gonna get rid of it. We're not. What about? I mean. Magic Arena has been huge. It is. The Pokemon digital implementation is huge for the it, TCG. It, is it? 
it it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's, I don't think it equates a fraction it, of the amount of people that actually purchase the product. But you get a free, you get it free along with it with your purchase of the booster. Of booster you know products? how many codes I see in the recycling bin for Pokemon? I'm sure it's a I'm lot. Sure, I'm sure I there fish is. them out. I fish but, them out and I give them to people that use them. <laughs> <laughs> so. I would be interested to know the percentage of D and D beyond purchases compared to physical purchases. Fraction. I'm sure. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Okay. Right now. Yeah. I'm not, and this is what we need to stop doing. We need to stop comparing to the right now. We need to look at where we're going to be in ten years. Uh, yeah, but that's all. That's guesswork. the key. That's exactly you. In order to be successful in this, in this twenty-five percent in ten years, you have to. You have. You can't look at the here and now you can look at the data previously and then project where things are going to be but you can't state go okay since it's this way now it's going to be this way in the future no that's not how this works you have to look at where folks are going to be or where the industry is going to lean towards instead of where it's at right now i've been pretty on point with a lot of stuff that I've. Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm absolutely. just saying that like. I, I'm and, not. I'm not. And, and I'm not saying. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe, maybe a, I will be wrong. Up a creek without a tree paddle. What's that? Tree paddle. Yeah. I said, that's a dead wood thing, paddle. Doug. No, We're yeah. gonna go to virtual paddles too, right? We are Doug? gonna go to virtual paddles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vanderby says Doug wants to tell someone he's right. He, he really wants. Really yes. <laughs> I I just I just I I. I see things changing, and I don't see it ever becoming digital. Fully. Like, well, I look at don't. look at the WizKids maybe tile not, thing. Maybe not fully. You're not going to replicate that at a, at a, on a digital scale. Like if WizKids came out with a digital tool set that allowed you to create maps using little clickable tiles, so you could literally just drag lines around. And there are many programs trying to do that right now. That will never replace having a box of those tiles laid out on your table and playing with them like Lego. There will always be some things in Maybe this hobby you. that need to be physical. <laughs> that's that's for you, Jason. No, even like if you go you to think, go to any toy store. Fifteen years old, fifteen year old is gonna like right now. It goes, oh my god, I want these to play. Yeah, I know lots of kids, lots of kids that play with those WizKids tiles. <laughs> All they do is they they just like a box of Legos. They dump them on a table, and it scares the crap out of me because it looks like they're gonna break. Um, but they dump them on a table and then they start rearranging them all into these little cool little rooms and they put little set dressing on them if you have it available. Like it's like kids in a candy store watching them go at it. It's amazing. Hmm. There's, I, just, there's I, some things that just you can't replicate virtually. Yeah. Rule books might get there. Uh, I mean, rule books are there now, but let's face it. We, we've seen it, you know, with all these different codes and everything, but it, it's, yeah, I, I like as I, as give, I keep circling around. If we could record this podcast with all three of us sitting around a table, we would. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Just want to highlight this because Vanderbeast says I need someone to agree with me. So Patty says I'm 32 and I only play RPGs online. I buy hardbacks of every book, but I do not. But I do have about 20 plus board games that I still need to play with a group. Yeah, but 
you know, I, I, I think, like I said, I think the are like board games are board games are board games. And I still think that we're going to see a lot more digital imp- implementation of board games um, on certain platforms like Switch and, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, Catan's and, and, and already Diotopia. there. is already right. there. I, I think I think you're going to see more. I, I think you're always going to have physical components with board games. And I think you're going to see more. I think you're going to see more studios and publishers put more emphasis on being able to play their games digitally as well. It's not the same experience, but it's still... I think you're definitely going to see that in the tabletop RPG market. I, I guess my, my follow-up question for, for Patty would be, do you choose to play the RPGs online or are there factors that make you have to play it online and vice versa with the, the board games? Do you choose to play them online or are there factors? I mean, we know there are factors where you have to play them in person. They're, they're not digital. So that would be my... That here's would be other, that would be my follow up for Patty. Here's so. the other thing, Alice is missing. You don't have to play in person. No, that was a game. Yeah. Well, no, you kind of do and you play. kind of don't. don't you have really the have cards to. are the cards are vital. You yep. need those cards. Yep. Somebody's got to have those cards. Yeah. And so, you have to share what those cards look like, which can be done. Virtually. Yeah, which I mean, you can take a picture and share it with him. That way, that's easy enough to do. But the core concept of the game isn't don't get don't hang out and play this game it's it's hang out and because it's it's the dynamic of you can't talk you're sitting here at a table together but you can't speak while you're doing your thing so it's a communal thing but with a twist so it still kind of benefits from being played physically i I mean from from being played in person and having the 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 cut off in communication like, the thing that i notice the most when i play my games online because i have a dnd game that i do online all the time distractions are massive i mean <laughs> it's bad enough when people are sitting at a, at a table and looking at their phone but when you have the entire internet available to you at on your tabs and we don't use cameras we just use discord so it's just voice only for us so we can't see each other so there's lots of times when it's like okay it's you know it's bob's turn i'm gonna go get a drink maybe go to the bathroom he's gonna be five six minutes you may be missing vital bits of role play, vital bits of information that will inform your next action, but because you don't feel the need to pay attention to your fellow gamer, you've wandered off. Right. Or you're or you're in another tab. You're watching some funny cat video or something in another tab, or you're reading your email, or somebody's messaged you on another platform, or you're in seven different chats with people, you're texting somebody on your phone. That doesn't happen as much when you're in person because there's a certain level of investment that every person at the table has. Like, okay, I'm here to play a game with you guys, not alongside you, but with you. Like if, if they can figure out a way to hammer that out of online gaming, online gaming is going to explode, but they're ne- they never will. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it too. I've done that. I've done that a couple of times. I had a character who was unconscious once um, and I was the healer. So who's fixing me? So all they could do is stabilize me. So I was basically out of the game for 45 minutes until after the fight ended. After the fight ended, they stabilized me. I got back up. I hadn't been paying attention for 45 minutes, which technically is in character because I wouldn't have been able to hear anything. But I was bored out of my mind and not interacting with anyone else. So I just buggered off. I made myself lunch. I was sitting down on TV. I watched like 10 minutes of a video. I come back over and they're all like, hey, you ready to play? And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. But I was so disconnected from the game that it ruined that entire session for me entirely. Oh. 
Mm. Anyway, that was my off topic train thing. Patty, Patty <laughs> says uh, both for RPG games are easy. Uh, both for RPG games are easier for me to run online. I don't like online board games, so that is why I still play them in person. Cool. Yeah. 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 And I I fully advocate people play games in the medium that works for them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I don't want to tell anyone that they need to play in person or they're playing it wrong because that's you can't play Catan online. That's, that's gatekeepery <laughs> BS. Yeah, that is. Play games how you enjoy playing games. That's. I mean, absolutely. I don't yeah. think it'll ever move fully away from the table. That's my take. And yeah. I don't think it'll fully, but I think it'll. I think you're going to see in ten years the majority will be. Like, could you imagine four people in their backyard having a barbecue, drinking some beers, hanging out, playing, and the kids are running around? Hey, you guys all want to play Catan? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm going to head home. <laughs> and everybody gets onto their computer instead of pulling out the board game. <laughs> I, I think you'll see people pull out their Switch and play in person. I I don't think you would. That was something like it. Unless no one had the physical game. That is one advantage I, that digital has. You can carry like 100 games on a Switch. Right. I, I and and I but but that's still an in-person interaction. Yes, the components are digital. Yes, true. You can literally yeah. look at your player, literally look at your buddy and say, "I need sheep, damn you!" You know. Yeah, I it's, and it's and that's that's where I think I think the the digital implementation will absolutely grow and change and shift and and, and that. But I'll tell you what, yeah. there are certain games that I dread, like board games, especially. There's <laughs> special. There's certain games that I dread just. Like I love to play, but I dread setting them up and taking them down. If I could like digitally put Boom them up, Haven. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a huge one. Um, but like some I, of those games I, would be beneficial in, a, how, in an online environment. How, how many uh, how many games of Jaws of the Lion have you got table yet, Doug? I've got big uh, zero. Uh, oh, yeah. to the table that was a good. That was a good. That was a good twenty dollars you spent on Amazon hey, then, huh? So worth right worth. <laughs> sitting right next to you holding something up <laughs> I, I keep, it keeps staring at me <laughs> I, I did play uh well i've been playing this a lot just because my uh and i actually got sydney to play it with me which was awesome uh alien oh the, the Stromo. Yeah. yeah i need yeah. i, I kind of I'm, I'm gonna do a playthrough of this on the show on the channel so you? if anybody would like to see a playthrough of this let me know i tried to do one the other day but it didn't come out very well so I, I still took got it off. his chroma key on so that yeah. we can see through the all box. of the green was see-through <laughs> so weird <laughs> You're not even using a green screen, Doug. What's going on? <laughs> Actually, that would be the best thing. If he was to take a picture of that and make it a go. green screen, that would be hilarious. It was a cool effect. I like it. Was, it. No, it looked it looked really cool. It was just funny. <laughs> you can see that Doug does not find it funny. For those of you at home listening, Doug has a sour look on his face. <laughs> Think on that note. <laughs> Anyway, we're at two hours and 20 minutes here. We should probably go. Yeah, I was supposed to close the store 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Thank you all for sticking around. We'll see you all next week. I hope you enjoyed this this raving and ranting that we've been going on for the last two, two hours plus. <laughs>